But I just feel like they should have, as much as I hate colons and semicolons <laughs> in game names, I don't know. <laughs> they should have named it like God of War Anthem Edition, you know, or something oh, like that. Oh, no. <laughs> God of War, let me God ask you something. Boy Edition. <laughs> God of War colon yik. You know, so like, oh, I feel like, no. I, you know, because you know what? This game was story heavy, just like yik. I mean, they share that. Hey, hey, hey there, Super Agile family. You already know what it is. It's your boy, Bradston, with the boys, the Super Agile Bros themselves. We in the building. It's about to be a popping episode. But before we get it started, let me get the boys to introduce themselves. Mr. Kyle, how are you doing today? Tell the people hello, hello. What's up, Bradston? Hello, hello, Super Agile Nation. Hope y'all doing well today. Glad to be here, man. Yes, yes. Glad that you are here as well. And of course, let's pass it over to the boy Steve. Steve, what's happening? My, my I almost called him my captain. <laughs> my, <laughs> what's happening, my captain? You can call me your captain. Nope, absolutely not. My I name is Steve, Steve. and uh, well, Captain Steve, and I am wearing boat shoes today. Oh, oh. in your in your in office environment, you're wearing boat shoes. Yeah, I was looking for some some uh, sandals because mine are starting to mess my feet up a little. I'm like, well, don't I have some slides around here? And then I found some boat shoes, and I'm like, oh, I haven't worn these since he, I had that well, boat. He does record from his yacht, so yeah, from your, it's fitting. From your penny loafers that actually just have hundred dollar bills stuffed in the penny loafer hole. I like. Yeah, it. they're hundo loafers. Speaking of instead fun, of socks. Speaking of finding shoes. Uh, this weekend, me and my wifey, we went to go have some dinner, uh, grab some food at a restaurant. And I had some brown shoes. Like, I have two different pairs of brown shoes. And I was like, oh, maybe these brown shoes will go with my outfit, my fit. Um, but this particular pair of brown shoes, I've had them near the front door. And I haven't touched them in probably like three months. Nice. And I have a rule. And I think any person who's kind of maybe grown up in the south, I don't know if in the south, but like ever had animals crawl into their shoes. Oh, sure. <laughs> always. I've always had the habit of turn my shoes over, knock them out and do the thing. Well, guess what? Today I broke my routine. Well, not today. No. That, that day. And what I did was I was just trying to see if it looked right with my pants. So I slipped my foot into the shoe and I was like, ah, not really. I pulled my sh- foot out. And when I pulled my foot out, I see something move real quick yep. in the shoe and and I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot to knock the shoe out. And I look in there, spider, 100. percent Oh, it's just a spider. That's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it was it was what it was. And the other shoe just was filled with cobwebs. So I was, I was like, hoping <laughs> I was hoping it'd be a cockroach. Oh no, no, I would have stomped the shoe out. I would have thrown or it a outside. Lizard. A lizard. Ooh, a lizard. I would have liked the lizard in my shoe. I would have been like, hey, you my new friend. The lizard would have eaten the spider. Yeah, I like lizards. Matter of fact, there's some frogs in my neighborhood. And I've been like, I was telling Shailene today, we were going on a walk. And I was like, you know, if there was a creature that I would have as a pet that I shouldn't have as a pet, it would be little frogs. Frogs? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember living in that house in Baton Rouge, how we we would sometimes get frogs like stuck to our front door? Yeah. I feel like that's like a normal thing in Louisiana. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it, it seemed normal enough, but what was cool was that uh, our front door had frosted glass and there was mm-hmm. a light outside. And so we would just see these shadows a of frog frogs on our door. It was really cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, an, you're right. I, I missed that. Just seeing their little frog presence 
yeah. <laughs> guarding our doorway from all incidents. Because it's a smart place to hang out, too, because we had a it light really right above the door. So they were going ham. They so were going frogs ham. really like plants. And Mrs. Yams has gotten into gardening lately. And we have a bunch of plants by our doors. And so we just have frogs all over the place. That's wild. And they come inside sometimes. They're not allowed to, but they do anyway. <laughs> they just knock like, can I come in? And you stomp them out, right? <laughs> oh, oh man. I Let this be a lesson to you. Oh, man. <laughs> Stomping out a frog. God, they're juicy. You don't want to do that. No, nah, I don't. That's, that's wrong. They're juicy. They're soft. They're no. like little gushers. Oh. <laughs> Everything about that just is disturbing. <laughs> like, it's just... You know, that just a little squeeze. Uh, but anyway. Speaking uh, of crushing things under your heel. Yes. Speaking of hey. violence. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is something that we've all been looking forward to talking about. Finally, we all have completed the journey, the trek, uh, the adventure that is God of War. And we're going to talk about it today. We're going to break it down. We're going to go deep for anybody who is not looking for a spoiler-free conversation about God of War in any capacity, you might want to leave now because we're going You're in. You definitely place. want to leave now. We're talking it's about not, everything. everything. It's not mince words. Yeah. You you definitely want to leave now. If you don't mind getting spoiled, stick around. For some people who might be not interested in God of War, you can listen to the first part of our conversation and then realize I need to stop and then go play it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so... So everybody, let's confirm. Everybody here on this, uh, I said this call. I have so many meetings. Kids, <laughs> uh, so used to saying call. But everybody here on this podcast has played God of War, right? The newest one. Yes. Okay. I'm just gonna share my screen so I can verify. <laughs> I want to share my I screen. I think it's. I think it's really funny. You keep asking. You've asked. I think Before. twice now today whether got, we've read i gotta make sure man it's, it's got it's, i'm about to change my answer <laughs> like all right we, we cut this off so so my next question was has everybody here played the original i guess trilogy of god of war no i have not this was my first god of war experience how about you kyle i have played bits and pieces of each of them i've watched them all played at length so i'm familiar with them but uh and i've seen some of the handheld ones played too but like the original trilogy i'm pretty familiar with okay i when i I think of the original trilogy the only image i have in my mind is kratos doing you know whipping these blades around Mm -hmm. and kratos cutting off the head of i think helios interesting yeah yeah, I have only played a little bit of God of War. And when I say a little bit, and I think I shared the story before when I was talking about one of our friends who I beat Hercules or whatever. or Oh, yeah. Because I he was struggling that. with it and I had never oh, played yeah, God of War. Right. And I beat it on the first try. Um, so that's pretty much my only playing experience. But uh, I have downloaded the background over time of God of War and the story and everything behind it. So... So that's, that's kind of, so, you know, setting the, setting the standard. So, okay, cool. So let's jump into the most recent God of War. So, so first of all, what makes me a little bit upset about the game being called God of War is that if you're like searching for things on God of War, you have to type in God of War PS4. You know what or I'm saying? Or like God of War 2016 20, or whatever 2018, it was. yeah. Oh, 2018? Is that new? I thought it was older. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's like... Like, I, I get it. Like, it's the brand. It's kind of like, 
I don't. It's not a reboot. It's just like a continuation in a new generation. But I just feel like they should have. As much as I hate colons and semicolons <laughs> in game names, I don't know. <laughs> they should have named it like God of War Anthem Edition, you know, or something oh, like that. Oh no! <laughs> God of War. Let me God ask of War you something. Boy Edition. <laughs> God of War colon yick. You know, so like oh, I feel no. like you know, because you know what, this game was story heavy, just like Yik. I mean, they share that in in common. So, bro, it was a movie. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you guys straight out the box: What is your review of uh, God of War in general? And then we'll dig into the, we'll get into it. We'll talk about everything. So, I guess what do you, what do you guys rate it? You know, of course you don't have to put a score, whatever. But how do you guys review <laughs> this game? I'll let you go Thank first, you. Steve. Thank you for clarifying that we don't have to put a score. I, I like I how do you've been catering you. to this me. Is, this is a safe the past space. Few times. This is a safe space for you, Steve. A safe space. Just for me? Just for you. Just for you. Well, I feel so seen. Uh yeah. So I would say that God of War is nearly a perfect game. Mm. Um I think there are so there are a few very specific problems that I have with it uh-huh. that I have in mind. I'm sure I'll think of something else as we talk. But other than that. It was just, uh, I don't want to say it was a joy, because when I say, oh, it's a joy, I'm thinking of like Mario Odyssey or something else that's delightful. But the game was just so solid. Mm, The gameplay loop is incredible. The story is great. The presentation is actually perfect. If we're just talking about presentation, I think it's a perfect game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The graphics are pretty, I mean, I say pretty good. They're incredible, but I I guess better better games have come out. Um, yeah, like it, it, a lot of it was top notch and aside from a very few specific things, you know, I would say it's nearly a perfect game. I like, I like Mr. Kyle. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree on most accounts. Um, definitely still a game. So yeah, it's got its drawbacks and a couple of little quirks about it. Um, have to agree presentation wise the the pacing was incredible. Um, I you know I I said this before that I picked it up and I got a a bit dismayed by the combat and a couple of my early experiences with the game, so I'm glad that I revisited it and gave it another chance um, because of just how deep and heavy and emotionally emotional and just great the whole story the story was and eventually the combat really opened up and it, it was a it was a fun experience through and through. Um, as far as like the, the realism of, you know, the graphics go, definitely up there. And to me personally, you know, I think that they're at a point to where, you know, photo, photorealistic graphics, in my opinion, they can get better, sure. But once you get to a certain point, I don't, I already don't care, but I don't care to like nitpick after that either. And so in my opinion, if they were going for a photorealistic looking game, I think they nailed it entirely. Especially from 2018, how it's aged, you know, I think it's it's looking great on modern consoles. And uh, if I had to rate the game, <laughs> I would give it a solid nine. Mm. Okay, no, I yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think I echo everything you guys have shared so far. I mean, honestly, like, first of all, I think honestly, the original games kind of turned me off from playing this game because i know a lot of people who love the original god of wars 
but mm-hmm. for me it never just it just never resonated with me i didn't like the feeling of the game it felt very uh i don't know uh visceral but not in a way that i enjoy like it just felt like i was watching somebody hat with anger problems <laughs> which is true but, yeah but like not in a way that felt meaningful the story felt to me not super deep even though there was deepness to it like i don't know mm-hmm. so so to me this is not a game that i really was on my radar was interested in or even thinking of even when i heard the the, the reboot and the announcement I think it was when I heard about how people were talking about, oh, it's game of the year for 2018 or whatever. And man, this game is next level. And then it showed up on PS Plus for free. And I was like, oh, let me check it out. And I just was like, wow, like this looks beautiful. And um, I think for me, the game, I think it really just spoke to me on so many levels. Like, I think the story is just so epic, so well written so well paced every character feels meaningful in in their time in the game and Uh like i just really enjoyed every aspect from a narrative story standpoint um from a gameplay standpoint it's not my favorite type of gameplay um it was a little bit too i don't say unforgiving but I don't know. It, it just never spoke to me, you know, like I got it and I played it and I got good at it, but I just never, it's not a gameplay that I want. I'm looking forward to going back into, but I think that's just my personal, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So if I were to rate it, I think I would give God of War. Can, and, and you said it, Kyle, like photorealism. Like to me, this is why I kind of don't think I care about the idea of a PS6. Because I'm like, if this is what you can do with a PS4, you know what I'm saying? And, like, <laughs> you can make it look even more beautiful on PS4. I don't need anything more than this. Like, keep it here, and I'm good, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, I'm pumped about the Matrix demo and everything going on with that. But, like, honestly, this is good enough for me. I- I'm good, you know? L- let's just make games better and not worry about, worry about graphics. But anyway, uh, I'd give it a 9. Amen. Point- I'd give it a 9.5. The only reason why I don't give it a 10 is because I don't necessarily enjoy the combat that much you know um so okay i i gotta say this before we go any further i want to say i feel so good about myself since you guys have played this game (laughs) and what i mean is vindicated in the sense that i've been stomping the ground stomping yard as i would say but like blowing the horn whatever you want to call it to say y'all need to play this game y'all need to play this game you know and I know, like, from your experience, 3Ms, a.k.a. Kyle, like, you didn't have the great, great start with it. And I don't know, sh- sh- Kyle, uh, I mean, Steve, did you even really care about this game other than us bringing it up? Like, it, So I, I mentioned this a while ago. I bought the game on sale, and I, it was just a game that I always had on my backlog, and I'm like, I'll play it. But there were always shinier games I cared more about. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was incredible. I knew I would probably love it. It was just something that seemed, you know, like we talked about, it seemed like it was maybe too big of a of a commitment to pick up at any given moment. So I just kept putting mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you gave me you gave me a reason to just sit down and do it. So so Kyle, what is the likelihood if if 
we hadn't decided that we were going to do this on the podcast if I hadn't stomped the yard per se, <laughs> 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 that you think you'd pick up this God of War game and play it. I, to be honest, probably probably zero, uh, zero zero percent likelihood. Um, just because I'd, I'd already tried the game, and so I had a I had an opinion already about you know what the experience was going to be like. And there's nobody else that I can think of that would have suggested the game. And like, and there's infinite amounts of games coming out. We talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. That there's no shortage of other games to play. And so there was really, I can't, I can't foresee any other uh, reason I would have come back to this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm happy that we all got to play it. I'm happy that this happened because. It's like one of those moments where I'm like, man, I'm happy I didn't miss this in my lifetime. <laughs> like that I could talk about this. Okay, so let's get into the game. I want to start with the gameplay before we get into the story because there's so much to talk about the story. There's so much to get into. I actually, for this game, I actually wrote a little, a few notes. I never write notes for these episodes, by the way, for everybody listening. So that, that's that's like a big deal. So what do, what do you guys feel about God of War from a gameplay standpoint? Did you guys enjoy it? What was your vibe on it? Where did, where were you after you know when you got to the end of the game? How do you feel? I just like like to hear what you guys think about the uh, the gameplay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first of all, the first thing anyone will probably notice is that this is a difficult game. I think you said unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I try. So the game modes, if I remember correctly, are you know they're named funny, but essentially they boil down to easy, normal hard and then like very hard which is godlike godlike or something and they let you freely switch between difficulty except for godlike once you start in godlike the only way to go to an easier mode is to start over which that's uh that's a pretty cool idea so i figured hey i don't feel like doing that let me just do hard and you know get my money's worth out of this game and I could not beat the first encounter. <laughs> I mean, I probably could have if I kept trying, but I I died like five or six times, and I'm like, I don't think I'm getting any better. And I don't know. I I just I don't want to do this the rest of the game. So I mm-hmm. went down to normal and played like a normal person. Um, I think the the fighting is pretty cool. I liked everything. Felt sad, like all the hits throwing the axe, recalling it. All it all felt really satisfying. All the timing feels good. Um my the so I I love the fighting. Well, I like the fighting pretty good. I like walking around and I love the camera. I do think that the least favorite part of the gameplay for me is actually climbing. Mm. Uh he climbs kind of slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's climbing is almost like a quick time event like you have to get to the point where he can jump from one point to another and that's when you can jump it's like a button prompt and you can jump but only if you're facing the right direction which is kind of cool i like that that it kind of feels like exploration almost like you actually actually have to be looking where he's looking at the next spot um, but what I don't like is that if I'm climbing a ladder or like a straight rock face, I can't just jump or something to make the climbing faster. Yeah. And if I'm climbing down, I can't just fall. I have to slowly climb all the way down. Uh, and so I was, <laughs> I was very, 
eager to not climb if I could help it. I'm like, all right, I have to climb to get to the next little area. I'm not going to go until I know that I don't have to come back down here for something because I hated it. Uh, (laughs) There were some points where you could kick a chain down after you had Mm -hmm. gotten a... Basically, you could checkpoint yourself. If you climb to a certain point, you can kick a chain down and that'll make it easier to get back to that if you want to come back this way. But I'm, but I hated doing that too because if you kick the chain, he immediately Jumps starts climbing it. down the chain, <laughs> right. and I have Whatever to say, no, 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 I didn't want that. <laughs> to me, that felt like just a straight up bad decision. Yeah. I'm like, can I not just kick the chain and then have a button prompt to climb to on climb. the chain if I want to do that? Right. You, you know, I, I want to before before you continue, I want to actually say that I agree with you on the uh, the climbing thing, and it's interesting because I think it's one of those things that really annoyed me. But I also really respect their decision for why they did it the way that they did it, because Mm -hmm. it made you the frustration of it almost is kind of how you would imagine Kratos feels. Because (laughs) if the reason he can't really move fast is because he has his son. You know, and back. and on his back, and he always like a monkey. Yeah, like <laughs> who if if even if like uh, Atreus is all the way across the room and you jump on a chain, he just teleports to your back. That's all <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> um, but I think I appreciate it because it kind of like makes you realize, like, yo, even though you're the god of war and you're doing all this stuff, like you still have to slow down for a moment. You have to still yeah. think about. Mm-hmm this other person because i feel like a lot of the game would be a lot easier at points particularly traversal if like this man could just be himself and just one arm jump (laughs) you know right climb a wall you know but that's how you did in the other god of war games he would use his uh well the blades of chaos i think is that what Mm -hmm. it's called yeah he would like stab those into whatever he was climbing and then do these leaps to get everywhere so it was a whole lot quicker the camera was pulled out, so he felt faster because he was move- he was zipping around. So yeah, it was a big departure from how he used to feel too. So I mean, it's a good point. I think maybe it was a good decision. I think perhaps given that decision, they maybe should have less climbing in more <laughs> of the like mundane yeah, parts yeah. of the world. Like it makes sense sometimes, and, and like if you're delineating areas from each other. But I mean, just going from room to room it was really frustrating. Um, one cool thing about that is that sometimes you would be climbing like a cliff or around an edge of like a building and people would be inside or up at the top of the cliff and you're so slow that it gives you time to just overhear their conversation. Yeah. That was a really cool storytelling element because usually, you know, you'd have a cutscene or something. Uh, but in this case, they were like, let's not do an actual cutscene. Let's just play the cutscene out and keep you from being able to interact because you're climbing yeah i always appreciate that appreciate that in games i hate hate in games when you're like you're trying to get to point a to point b and they're like having a narrative moment you know and then you get to that point a little bit too fast and it just ends <laughs> yeah. that and you're like oh what was being said like i wanted to hear what they're saying you know yeah uh, yeah i would the first time it happened i was climbing up towards the top of the the mountain and balder Balder was there with his nephews mm-hmm. and they were talking about finding me and I stopped climbing. I yeah, waited for the conversation same, to end. Same, 100%. And then they stopped talking and I was and I kept climbing. I'm like, oh, I had like two more minutes of climbing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could have they just done that. It. Yeah. 
Yeah, they really, they really, they were like, there's the person can't move any faster than the speed. <laughs> so as long as we keep the, I mean, that's to me, that's crazy. Like, how much coordination do you have to have, like, from a like, like, from a production standpoint? Like, you know, like, there's so many yeah. moving pieces. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the nuances. That's 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 another element. It's not a gameplay element, really. But again, I'll say the production was insane. The way. The way that the characters interacted almost never felt uncanny. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, if uh, Mimir was telling a story on the boat and I get out of the boat, he'll get to a stopping point and he'll be like, and that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm, and yeah. he'll just quit talking. And then when you get back in the boat a few minutes later, Atreus will remember and be like, what were you saying, Mimir? And Man, he'll pick up where he left so off. So good. So yes, good. So good. Yeah. Almost as good as Hades. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, that that was my that was one of my nitpicks with the game was was traversal. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I was just, I was disagreeing. You go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the things that uh you know talking about traversal and just like moving around the game. So so like I think for me, like I said earlier, like the combat isn't really my vibe, but I did enjoy what it was doing. I enjoyed the the nuances of it. I think my biggest issue, and I think we've talked about this in the earlier episodes, is like having to remap my brain around the inputs, the L1, the R1, the R2, the circle, the square, the triangle. Like, how do they all come together? And knowing that I need to sometimes hold R1 and then do another thing to do a thing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I feel like I could accomplish in another game was me going, wait, what do I need to do? Processing, doing the input slowly, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Or accidentally triggering an event, uh, triggering a power that I didn't want to because I did L1, R1, L, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I also felt like the equipment in the game like just never made sense to me. And yes. I never cared to figure out what was going on. <laughs> like, yeah, I was actually going to bring that up later. Yeah, like, I didn't think that was a like gameplay. But. Yeah, for, yeah, for me, like that really kind of dampered a little bit and probably why like kind of a 0.5, maybe a 0.2 is taken off because I really felt like, why am I buying anything? Why am I investing right. in upgrading anything? Because anytime I upgrade a thing, I just get a new thing that's better than the thing that I started upgrading. So I was like, what am I, why am I wasting my time even paying attention to this? All I'm going to do is whenever I get something new, if it's better than what I have, equipped it, you know? And then all of the different attributes and like powers that did a thing that the, like, it it just never made sense to me. Like it never felt different when I swapped out little, you know, add-ons or whatever. So I don't know. It just felt like maybe the RPG element, was kind of a afterthought or something you know like i don't know if it was an afterthought i don't know it just it, it didn't feel it, it felt really it felt way too subtle exactly and it well, was it was too, both it, subtle and dense at the same time exactly yeah 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 so what you said is totally true i never wanted to upgrade anything because uh a i couldn't really feel the upgrades and b it just felt like, what was the point? Because at any moment, I could find something in the world mm-hmm. that was more powerful. Um, even my skills, I'm like, yeah. should I up? It never. I just, it just, it was never clear if or when I needed to upgrade something. 
Uh, maybe that will come with more time because I do plan on continuing to play and fighting the Furies. Sorry, I keep saying Furies because I've been playing Hades and I'm just always in, I'm always in like Greek mythology. It's, Valkyries. it's yeah. the Valkyries. Valkyries, yeah. It's the Valkyries. Yeah. Anyway, totally Similar different. Vibe. I do plan on fighting the Valkyries, and for that, I will probably need to sharpen my equipment and figure out. You know some some strats in terms of the powers I imbue the w- equipment with, but yeah, up to this point I haven't really felt the need, and things like luck, so that that change your perk ability mm-hmm. or how often you can get the little the low perks and the high perks. Uh, runic, I guess, is yeah. just how much elemental damage. And, yeah. Uh, I, it took me a long time to understand like what that was about. I'm like, oh, it's the it's the burn and the freeze damage. So so let me ask you, Kyle. Is was Runic a thing in the old games? Like, was that a attribute that somebody who played the original God of War would have been like, oh yeah, Runic makes sense. Was I'll it, be honest with you, I, I don't remember it. Huh. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it felt like one of those things where like if you're playing like Mass Effect three and you didn't play the first two, maybe there's something that like players who didn't play forever already knew what it did. And they never, like, even explanations of things just left me more confused. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Like, wh- what is Runic? Like, what is yeah. this dude? <laughs> the runic- I, you know what? To their credit, I love that they made those explanations available on the stat screen, which is yeah. a single press of the button at any point. Yeah. Because I definitely had to refresh myself. And as I played more and got more context, like, oh, right, because different weapons have different, like, elements. I was like, okay, that's what. So, like, it made more sense as I played, but you know, yeah, at the beginning, I was so confused. Like, what is luck? Yeah. yeah. What is vitality? And and then whenever, especially in the late game, but when you're going through your skill tree and getting your new skills and stuff, then the levels you had all those skills at, or the the different attributes, it, it kind of it didn't gate you, but it it. Some of them were more important, I guess, to the point to where you could unlock like secondary skills and like extra oh, burst yeah. damages and stuff. But but I never found a set of armor exactly. or even the little sockets exactly. that got me noticeably like <laughs> higher in number, but like in a way that was still balanced to where I wasn't like having ten defense here in the late game or mm-hmm. something weird. So so something that really I never understood was the leveling system like i got that like if i added things to my thing to make it better it would go up a level like from one to two to three to four but like i didn't know that like yeah like if you if you and then you like upgraded it it would become a Mm -hmm. better version but it like i think you said it like it was so subtle like it's like you didn't really matter because what you know what I did just as an experiment for a decent portion of the game I never changed any of me my any of me <laughs> sounded like a Jamaican any of me equipment you know any of my equipment like I just simply just played and mm-hmm. I found that the difficulty spiked a little bit as far as like damage I took but like as far as like output damage it felt like I was still on par with where I needed to be. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So really equipment doesn't matter. It's just more about my personal skills at this game. <laughs> yeah, the skills the skills were fun. I liked learning new skills. 
I definitely got to the point where I forgot that I had certain skills and I would be, I'd be in the skill tree and be like, oh my God, I haven't used this mm-hmm. at all. I spent like 5,000 experience points <laughs> right. on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had to make a habit of like, when I unlocked a skill, I had to immediately practice it just so I wouldn't know like, okay, this is what this feels like. Because when you're playing, you might not even realize that you're using a certain skill or you might be confused. Like what just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there were a few skills which I appreciate they, they went this way, where it was like if you st- it was one for your axe and also one for your blades. But if you stopped swinging, he would change stance. And then when he started swinging again, it would be different swings. Uh-huh. Yeah. But there's, they don't like explain why that's better. It's just different. I guess if you look at it, what he's doing, you're like, oh, he's like doing wider attacks. I like do more damage or that hit in a wider area in front of him. And, and, yeah. And that's what but, I kind of felt about this game in general. Things weren't better. They were just different. Like they never, yes. they were just like, does this something you prefer over? Do you prefer this <laughs> thing? Like, cause even the stance switching thing, first of all, let me tell you this. I was as much, I got better at the game. I beat the game, of course, but like, I never felt that great <laughs> at this game. Like I always mm-hmm. felt like there was some gap I was missing. So when I saw the stance switching thing, like, okay, I, you know, medium attack, medium attack, wait a second, let him switch his stance, then do another attack. I was like, I don't trust myself. No, <laughs> to put myself in that scenario, like I'm like I'm gonna keep the the pressure on them because <laughs> right. the moment I lose a little bit, then they work me, you know. For so, sure. So that was absolutely a. This is a small mob, and I I can breathe. But if I'm like fighting a boss, or even like one of the ran- there are so many monsters in this game that can just one shot you, mm-hmm. which I appreciate that they didn't just go with the route of overwhelming you with numbers. But it really makes me wonder, like, why can so many random monsters in this world one-shot a god? It really irked me. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, if I'm fighting one of those guys, I'm not going to be, you know, going for style. I'm definitely going <laughs> to just, just keep mashing my heavy and light attacks and, and spamming Atreus's arrows. Yeah. I felt like a lot of times when I got the upgrades that... I actually got worse because I was just starting to get familiar with the moves that I had. And then some of them, it like adds an extra attack or something. And they have, and because, you know, the game's so realistic, like the animation frames, like sometimes there'll be this huge delays between a swing and it won't be so much of a, a miss input, but just like an unfamiliar input. And so then he'll go into doing this thing and then I'll get hit. And so I'll, I agree with the whole like, st- the stance change thing because you do have to stop swinging for him to do that. And I didn't feel like the combat was set up for something like that to where, because they will hit you in the back, you know, they'll shoot at you. Like there's, there was rarely, rarely a time to breathe. Like if you weren't swinging, you, you must've been blocking or dodging or running to go find some health or something. But I don't think you would ever stop pressing the input so that you can do some different, like you said, attack in a second. Yeah, I so here's a question: what What were the strengths? Like, what were the the elements of game of the fighting that you guys? Or let me rephrase that: what did what did you guys find useful in the fighting? So I'll say, I found Atreus's arrows super useful. I spammed those all the time because <laughs> they would they would like stagger opponents, and you can get chain damage for the lightning arrows. Um. And then he had he had one of one of the summons that he had was like a bunch of crows. And mm-hmm. once I found that, I never used anything else. It was so sick. 
it would just hassle like an entire mob of enemies for like 20 seconds it felt like and i'm like sweet i'm just gonna yeah, go to town uh, it's one of the last ones i got yeah i mean um the shield this i got really good at blocking and returning fire and stuff with the shield and just being barehanded uh i didn't use a lot of throws especially with more more mob enemies i didn't use um i didn't really upgrade my chain my blades much at all i just was like yeah i'll just do the normal swings interesting yeah, I mean, you get them pretty late in the game. I think they noticed that. So the, the skill tree for them is a little bit... It feels like it's a whole lot less... Uh, what's the word? Expansive than the one for the axe. And even Atreus is... Like, mm-hmm. You just get a couple more swings. Yeah, I feel like Atreus was cool. Like, I would use him, you know, for with arrows from time to time. Whenever, like, I thought about it. But to me, really, the biggest thing was his special. Like, whatever his special was, was, like, very helpful. Like, I like mm-hmm. using the stupid, like, elk or whatever it was. Just because how <laughs> yeah. disrespectful it was. Like, it wasn't necessarily the best move. But I love to just walk slowly across the field. <laughs> just kind of, like, <laughs> aggroing everybody. So I was like, okay. Like, I liked any move that kind of slowed the pace down a little bit. Cool. You know? Cool. You know, like, like the crows were good because, like you said, they kind of stunned people or made them, like, okay, stop for a second. So I could kind of okay adjust or if people are behind me or what i can move and get some space um and i like throwing the axe at people's faces for some reason i loved seeing it hit them in the face in flash blue and then i'll just throw it again it hit them in the face again and i'll just so there's some f- fights i did like that there's some <laughs> fights that were 100 percent supposed to be more epic but i <laughs> i would just go around and be like all right how how many of them can i catch with this axe and like not let them get to me, <laughs> and I would just bink, 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 bink. and then I try to style on them like, oh, you know, I gotta fight you with my hands now, and then I'd bring it back and hit them through the chest and be like, got him, hit him in the face again, bink, you know. So um, I was having I was having fun with the throwing the axe um, quite a bit. Cool. Yeah. So the the special I used with Atreus was the wolves, and especially with the uh, the the shock arrows. It was kind of like a combination between the crows and the elk because they wouldn't fly around. And when you upgraded it, it was just three of them, but they were really big. Mm. And so when they were, you know, electrified and they jump all around and cause this area of effect where it would just stun them kind of like the elk. But then whenever they pounced, they'd also knock enemies over and they'd stay out what seemed like, yeah, 10 or 15 minutes. I and mean, it was a couple of seconds, but. The summons always lasted so long. And it was really helpful whenever... Because it happened a lot. Especially like later you, you got... Or you'd just be surrounded. Mm-hmm. And so just pop in that summon. And just and then the fight just be over. You hear the music fade. <laughs> it was yeah. always satisfying. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what happened, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the wolves a lot too. I think that's probably actually what I use more. Like throughout most of the game. But I use the elk just to style on people. Because it was unnecessary. Um Oh, let me, let me ask you guys this, because this is actually one of the parts that I don't know why as a gamer bothered me the most, because mm. I couldn't walk away from them. If I ever saw one of those stupid little symbols, the little Greek looking symbols or whatever, like for a chest. The puzzles? Yeah, the little puzzles. Oh, I, yeah. It would stop me in my tracks. Like, 
I would be doing something. I'd be like making progress. I see one of them <laughs> and then I'd spend the next five to 10 minutes trying to solve it. And there was one particular one. It was after you fought the the two brothers. And I think after you killed, I think, um, what was his name? Uh, Magni or whatever. Where, mm-hmm. where yeah, because that was when you were in the big giant on, on the uh, one of the giants, right? On his body. You were moving throughout his body. Um, yeah. And you had to climb up this like wall, but when you were when you're on the bottom level, there was like a few of those little things, right? But I couldn't find the third one, and I literally spent like thirty minutes searching for it. And oh, and uh, I think I know the exact room you're talking about. And it was like this. It was just like this big room, and like you had to climb, and there was like it's like a frozen waterfall. Yeah, or something. something like yes, yes. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, that I couldn't find it either. I had to. Uh, I did. I did. It hurt me in my soul, and I was like, I can't leave this room, knowing there's one of them sitting here. <laughs> and I just had to look it up online. I I try to avoid doing that at all costs in the game, but for some reason those were cool and all, and and also there were so many random collectibles like. Oh, I get a yeah. heart of a uh, apple of this, and then a heart of this, and then this and that, uh-huh. and one of three, and three of three, and two of three, and I felt like maybe I was missing some <laughs> or whatever. But anyway, those puzzles really—I don't know—for some reason they bothered me because, like, I just couldn't keep playing the game. Like, I was like, I gotta get it now. I might not even use this because I never upgrade anything. <laughs> but yeah, if, but if it's one of the health ones, that really matters to me. So you know. I actually really, really liked the puzzles. I felt like most of them uh, were excellent puzzles. I mean, they're basically physics puzzles, and they they ask you, they beg you, not just to explore until you manipulate the world. There was one, and there was a cool one where you had to like move the floor up and down to expose different portions of it. Mm-hmm. But the, my favorite puzzles were the ones that revolved around the axe, like physics. Mm. Like throwing it a certain way or just having good aim. Yeah, the or, bell uh, ones were really good about that. Yeah, the bell ones were drove me crazy. Well, the puzzles, um, I think the, I was just talking particularly about the, the chest ones where you have to hit the little symbols, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the symbols were on the bells. Okay, yeah. I, I was. Yeah. I like the puzzles where it was like you had to stop a thing and then like another thing, you know, with the frozen Oh, I mean, yeah, those, those are great. Were, I'm specifically talking about the rune puzzles. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of them were well done. Um, and yeah, there was definitely some that I just couldn't find that I'm like, uh, I'm just, I didn't look it up. I just, I gave up. I hated to do it, but I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for another 15 minutes. And again, it's because I didn't like climbing, you know, I'm like, look, I don't see it up here. I don't think I saw it down there, but I don't care enough to, keep to go back down, down there and check. Yep. So that's, thank you for the climbing traversal. Um, <laughs> I probably would have solved more puzzles if the climbing was more fun. Yeah, and I mean, I think also you were kind of playing, I don't want to say this, but you were kind of playing under duress, right? In the sense that you were trying to finish it so we could talk about it. Right, you know, like, yeah, not under duress necessarily, mm-hmm. but I was I was fighting against my normal tendency, which is to just do, do anything I want, not play the main story, do all the side quests, do whatever I want, really. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I can't just dilly-dally in this game. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to play, and we're trying to talk about it for the podcast. And not just for the podcast. Honestly, I've just been trying to get out of that habit in general mm-hmm. and just play the dang game. Enjoy the- so, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm like, there's better parts, there's better things to do in this game than than climb up and down the stupid rock face. So I'm just gonna dip out. <laughs> yeah, I I have a similar sentiment about the puzzles where I think early on it kind of gave me false hope about how they were gonna go because the first couple of chests, and I know they want to teach you how it works, mm-hmm. but the the things you have to break are really nearby. And so you'd go a little bit ways and you have to, you know, go around corners after a while and to break them, you know, I call it the, C- I call them the CRN puzzles yeah. because that's what they look like <laughs> letters to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I found the C. And so now I've got to find the chest. And then usually the other two are like really close or something. Yeah. But then it got to the point to where, like Steve was saying, they'd be so spread out or so well hidden, I guess, that. I just simply would lose interest. I was like, you know, I, I appreciate, okay, the devs, they were just having fun, right? They were hiding these things in nooks and crannies. I can appreciate that, but I'm not into it. <laughs> so I'm going to just, and then after getting quite a few of them, you know, and having the one of three, two of threes, not really knowing what's in them, and then going throughout the game, like we're saying, you know, all these different stat bonuses and changes weren't super noticeable. Even when I got the extra health, it seemed like the enemies were also getting stronger. So it was right. kind of it was kind of balancing out. And so, you know, I was like, well, if I can get more defense, then I should be fine. And my theory was right, pretty much. You know, I pretty much just stacked defense in, instead of worrying, worrying about, about health, health or anything. Interesting. Yeah. Because like you were saying, whenever I did, I did switch my armor and upgraded armor. I kind of tested these theories to see if having high attack actually made a difference in fights for me, I guess for my play style. So maybe if I played differently, it would have had a bigger impact. But no, I just died more. And so I switched back to having right. higher defense. And so. That's, so that's something that bugged me, actually, was that you can't have... Well, let me not say you can't, like it's some sort of rule. But it didn't feel very good that the enemies seem to be on some sort of level system that is not obvious to me. Mm-hmm. The only way I know if an enemy is strong is if the health bar is purple. But I don't even think that's like a set level. I think it's just too strong for you level, you know? And it, it also didn't feel like a given enemy type had a set level. Like it, it feels like later in the game, the same Hellwalkers you, you see in the, in the beginning of the game are just like way stronger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? You know, it doesn't feel good that I beefed up my my attack and my armor. And I'm still having trouble with what I, in my head, think of as, like, low-level mobs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I suck and they are just low-level mobs at a constant level, but it really felt like they were scaling with me. They, and I'm like, they who were 100% that? doing that. I mean, I think that's one of the things that... And and I guess I'll mention this now, um, was that, like, right before... Because, you know, Steve, you were playing. I had finished a long time ago. And I was like, ah, I should start playing it again so I can get, like, re-upped on it so I could talk about it. But I was like, but there's other games. I want to play Spider-Man. I want to do this, you know. Um, so I've been waiting. So like last week, I was like, let me just start restarting the play, you know, get used to the gameplay again so I could talk about it. And um, I think one thing that you're right in the sense that, like, I never felt like powerful, you know, like I always felt like it was still, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never got that point where I was like, yeah, I'm a boss. Like, I'm a mm-hmm, boss. Yeah. I'm just working these fools. You know, and of course, I respect that there will be enemies that are going to work me and they're on my level. 
But every fight felt like I got to be on my P's and Q's. I remember there's some fight on an elevator where, uh, oh, like toward the end, I think, you're going to an elevator and enemies keep coming in from like different. Oh, yeah, the tower when you're headed to yeah. Jotunheim. Is yeah. it the one where the elevator's on like a magic elevator yeah. and you have to stop them from killing the magic? And, it, and you yeah. just keep going and they just keep coming out. And I was just getting worked, son. Like it felt like, and I get it, that's toward, you know, toward the end of the game. Or whatever, but that kind of is how summarizes my experience with the game. I kept going up, but it never felt like I was getting greater, <laughs> you know. So I, I mentioned the whole thing of like starting the game over. So I finish the game and I see there's a new game plus. Now my experience with new game plus, and maybe I had the wrong expectations, is that when I go into new game plus, I'll be a bit overpowered at the beginning, you know. Like, I'll kind of, like, have all my stats, all my weapons, all my skills. So, like, the introduction enemies will kind of be a cakewalk. And uh-huh. and then, like, when I get further in the game, maybe when I go fight the Valkyries and stuff like that, I'll get a challenge. But I was like, I'm excited because I'm going to be just working these fools. So, New Game Plus, they give you the same options. Easy, normal, hard, very hard. I took normal, assuming, hey, awesome. Bro, I literally died. Four to five times on the first fight in the game, dude. Really? These in new game plus. New game plus. I don't. I have to. Maybe I for am misremembering, but these first enemies were doing like fireball attacks. Doing like I dash at you, hit you with fire, stun you, throw a fireball. Another dude is like murking me. Like it was crazy. Like I felt hmm. like I was fighting on hard <laughs> mode. Like, and I have all my abilities, son. Like, all of them. And I I mean, I hadn't played in a while, so it was like, you know, a little bit of rust. So at first I thought, okay, maybe it's just I'm not playing. But then I realized, yo, these dudes is like, like, serious. Like, these feel like endgame enemies right here. Like, w- was there fire-based dudes who were dashing across the ground, leaving fire, like, area things where uh... you ran into them and took damage and got stunned and then... There's dudes no, I don't remember throwing that. stuff in the, the first fight of the game. Like near your house? Yes. I'm talking about when you're going no. to hunt with uh, Atreus. Like no, first. it was just common draugers. Dude. I think they could throw fireballs and that was it. Dude, these guys murked me like multiple times. I finally beat them and I was like, I got to put this game down. <laughs> like It was <laughs> way too much. And that to me told me the philosophy of God of War is not the game that i'm thinking because i actually remember like a uh, shout out to marcus the boy marcus he used to play it and he used to play it on like the hardest difficulty and the game was known for like these really long intense hard battles and i was like oh this is what it is. so new game plus was not like it just felt like hard mode but i'm starting skill game plus yeah like i have all my abilities but it's just hard you know uh. um and i couldn't play story mode or the easy mode i was like i can't do it so I just put the game down and said, ah, I'll just go from memory. <laughs> so I, I played to get re-familiar, too, because I, I finished the game a couple of weeks ago. And rather than, because I was tempted to try New Game Plus, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, because hearing it from you, the third third person pers- or secondhand perspective is enough for me. But I actually tried the other side of things where, because it's been so long since I played the game, I was like, I don't really feel like getting into fights that I can't handle. So I actually switched it to story mode. Mm-hmm while I was running around and the difficulty in my opinion didn't change oh. just how many enemies really appeared, changed 
Yeah. Hmm. It seemed like it was just less enemies, but they weren't any easier to kill. Huh. And again, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, so maybe I just got that much worse at the game, but I don't know. If That's not a bad difficulty setting, though. I mean... No, it made sense, especially if, you know, from what Brad's saying, the philosophy is the game is just going to continue to get harder than... Yeah. You would still want your enemies to be tough, but so... Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I, I it's, it's hard for me, like... I'm a gamer, a hardcore gamer. So to me, like rarely am I ever going to use easy mode. So I don't necessarily know what it feels like to be a person who plays most of their games on easy mode, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I don't know what that experience would be like. Would it be a deflating experience to feel like you're getting marked in easy mode by like less enemies? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because (laughs) less enemies will still murk you. I've, I've fought two or three dudes and just was playing around and wasn't paying attention to my back, you know, and I got got or wasn't really paying attention to my health um, from a previous fight. So, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of getting got in those fights, I have a question for you guys about the combat. So there was a slowdown mechanic type thing whenever you got hit. So the enemies before they hit you, you know, they have either that yellow or that red ring show up. Mm-hmm. Right. And whenever I happened to get hit by a red ring, it would slow down my game or like the everything would slow down as if I dodged, but I'd be in a getting hit animation and I couldn't do anything and I usually get juggled or comboed rather because they don't really knock you up. And so I have, is, is there a way to break that state or something or was I, was I I missing something? I think so. I think so. You know how when you, Typically, the big advantage that a player has over the NPCs is that you can stagger the NPCs. Mm-hmm. But no, that's you being staggered, my friend. Yeah, man, it felt terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't get. They just wanted. Those. Yeah, they were chilling you. Do not get hit. Oh, matter of fact, that's what it was. The enemies in the first fight were doing red attacks on me, like continually, uh, and yeah. and I was like, whoa, what? I can't block these boys. Like I'm over here dodging, like. And I've been playing The Witcher, and their dodge mechanic is very different. So I was just getting worked. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I feel like I guess what was yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I was just I was just saying. I guess what was confusing to me is that I've seen that in other games. You know, where you are staggered, but since you are the player, you have you know the plot armor, so you can either mash through it or something. And so it just felt weird to me that you'd also have this slowdown effect. As well as you couldn't, there was no inputs you could do to get out of it. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'll, I'll eat the three hits, but why do they have to be prolonged into 15 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I would love to hear from somebody who played God of War a lot more if there's some precedence to that, you know. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if y'all remember, there's a fight where like, I can't remember the enemy, but it was like in a gorge. And there's like a chest down there. And there's like this enemy down there who if he hit yeah. you one time <laughs> you were done and he was purple i remember we talking about i was not ready for yes this. i did too i beat that guy yeah i beat him eventually I, but i was not ready that first encounter i was like oh no, it's a normal right, dude yeah. he does his red attack i was like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> but i just i so i actually was thinking specifically of that character like in the last five minutes because i was going to say there was one really hard enemy that they, I guess they, I don't know, but it seemed that they put him in a perfect position for me because I was like, 
trying to get better and this guy pops up I'm like oh perfect so i just let him kill well i didn't let him but i kept fighting him and dying to him a couple times mm-hmm. until i learned like okay this is what i need to dodge this is the timing i need uh these are some attacks i can do to cheese him and take more damage out quickly yeah so that was like helpful for me it helped me learn the mechanics yeah and, and you had the incentive because yeah he was protecting one of the chests mm-hmm. and it was one enemy so that gave you a very it was one enemy exactly very like okay this, he's doing this how do i approach this because yeah when there's like two or three dudes and one of them's a problem it can be a little bit more difficult yeah um yeah so i mean you know it's interesting to me because at the end of the like this is a single player game but atreus adds a different element to it right like he's kind of like your co-op buddy and man atreus sometimes would be working fools and i'd be like get it atreus like thank you (laughs) you know like really help so i mean could you imagine this game being a co-op game like where somebody could play atreus as like player two where they're kind of like the bowman like they don't have as much maybe health or whatever and they're not as strong but they're kind of like a support character like kind of like a knack maybe oh my goodness (laughs) yeah not as good as yeah (laughs) not as good that's the gold standard (laughs) um but yeah like could you imagine this game as a co-op game because i could i really would love to be like hey shailene you want to play with me you know like you're just you're gonna play as a trace and as a as a separate mode i think that would be cool but for the story beats, Atreus being his own character, I think makes sense. Yeah, felt better. And then also because your boy couldn't die was really <laughs> yeah, that was really helpful. Yeah, you didn't have to worry um, about him. Yeah, because he he was great at aggroing, and so if you have to rely on another person to do that, and they're just a little boy, they're likely going to get one shot all the time. You have to go revive them or something dumb, and so not having to deal with any of that mess was. Oh, that's great. That's interesting. Yeah, I can imagine them putting him in as like, he can't be killed, but he can get stunned. Like, you know how sometimes he would be unavailable to do his attacks? So mm-hmm. like that would be like the best option. But I guess you could just cheese that if you're smart. But yeah. Uh-huh. Couldn't he die? There were some moments where like a, a nightmare might pick him up or something. And it would be like, Atreus needs your help. And you would have to go over and break him off. Uh, I don't know. I never. I don't know what happened if he didn't help. Him. I mean, there are situations where I was just getting worked, and I know Atreus was getting worked too. And <laughs> he never died in my game, so I don't think he can. I, I definitely don't think it's a game over condition. You know, for that, that would be a yeah. That would be a good thing to kind of lab because in those situations it was always really tense, and I'd always prioritize going to get him because I was pretty deep into a fight and didn't want to start over if he died. So yeah, I didn't let it happen either. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't recall ever Yeah. I don't know. I mean I, I can't say I was very good at the game. So I very much feel like I would have ran into a game over condition <laughs> if that if that happened. So there was one time during the fight with Thor's sons, I can't remember their names, but he'd get he'd get grabbed periodically during that fight. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. His sons, uh, Modi and Magni. Yeah. 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 So, 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 uh, is any other thoughts about the gameplay or anything I want to add? Yeah, yeah. I have one more quibble. Quibble? quibble. Uh, so quibble. the camera, the camera was overall excellent. Like, it was great for the storytelling. It was nearly seamless, honestly. The one time the camera was really bad was during battle. 
sometimes not really bad uh it was occasionally really bad so like the camera did a good job of locking onto the enemy that you were kind of trying to fight Mm -hmm. um but i found that it was too thirsty so sometimes i'm like oh i want to fight an enemy who's off in the corner you know i don't want to fight the big guy in the middle or i need to run for some health and just like run away from the fight for like 10 seconds but i can't because as soon as i start running First of all, the camera would not respond to the to the right stick or it wouldn't respond enough or at all or whatever. Ooh. And so I would not be oriented the way I thought I was going to be in that swift moment. But also, like, if I'm running right past an enemy, the camera would track the enemy sharply. And so I would suddenly be, like, zigzagging. Uh. And I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to correct. And then it follows me. So I'm overcorrecting. And I'm like, what is going on? And it... It drove me crazy, and it felt like I was playing Kingdom Hearts too, you know. And I'm like, at least Kingdom Hearts two had a button to untrack the enemies, <laughs> but in this game, it's just it's just silent. It's in the background, so that drove me crazy. Uh, I feel like that's something that should be easy to fix or just not do. Um, yeah, I, I always toggled it off. Like the only time I had it on was when I was fighting a boss, because. You can toggle the camera? Yeah, by clicking uh, the lock on. R3, uh, and it wouldn't lock on to enemies. I had no idea. Oh. This is the first time I've really? heard of it. Really? <laughs> well, I, I was always I locked the, on. Does the game teach you that? Yeah, yeah, it tells you, because I, I definitely wouldn't know. Um, yeah, it tells you at some I, point, like, oh, you can, it, yeah. like, like one of the little notes, it says, like, oh, you can lock on to enemies. Oh. To, that must be a detail that was lost, because I had no idea. Yeah, I found it by mistake and never used it because because of what Steve described. It it always kind of contradicted what I actually wanted to do, especially if you were surrounded. You know, locking on to right. one didn't you don't know who it's going to lock on to. Yeah. Well, dang! I guess I can't complain too much. I'm just annoyed that that I didn't. That sh- that should have been in one of the I recurring mean, you, you tool compl- tips or something. It should complain. You should be able to complain. It should at least like I like games that like periodically notify you again, like. Like, hey, do you could do this? You know, like it just lets you know, or some kind of button. For, I don't know. I just feel like you should have not gone through a whole game unawares. Of and even if you're locked on to uh, account for the player's input, if he's trying to break line of sight, then you toggle off that for the game should toggle off. Yeah, the, yeah. The if I'm button. actively moving the right stick, it should listen to me. Yeah. Well, how they use no. that is to change enemies that you're looking at. So I guess they don't see that as this. You might be wanting to look at somebody far to your right mm. that you're aware of, but you're not locked on. So that's probably why they don't do that. Yeah. yeah I guess okay, they weren't then, accounting for. They shouldn't do that. I think if I, if I, if I want to move, if I want to move the stick, it should just unlock and follow me like normal. Because in the heat of battle. I wasn't thinking like, oh, let me see which enemy I'm going to lock onto next. I'm like, I'm just going on muscle memory. I want the camera at this angle. Yeah. And I'm going to run and I'm going to hope the camera is at that angle when I start running. Yeah. I, I just think that in knowing games that use a similar mechanic, all of them do the same thing. You just use the right, you know, look to change who you're viewed on. Like that's like precedent. So I feel like they would have been breaking a game mechanic rule doing that but but oh so so speaking of like locking on and the conversation about that enemy who kind of taught you how to fight i think where i enjoyed the game the most was any encounter 
with one enemy who was really strong, like who I could solely focus on and who I could just fight, you know? Because you could style on them. Yeah, you could learn them. You could fight them. Like, it was, yeah, they could hit you brutally. They could kill you and all that. Like, I that's why I enjoyed the Valkyrie fight. Because even though, like, I didn't, you know, first try kill the Valkyrie, I Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, I just need to be better. I need to figure out the movements. You know, that's kind of a little bit of the uh, Dark Souls and, like, uh, um, what you call it? Yeah. Um, the other game that I was trying to get you to play. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Bloodborne feels like that, but Bloodborne's a lot more uh, brutal. But like, yeah, for Valk, that's like, to me, that has kept me thinking about the game. Oh, I want to fight the rest of the Valkyries because I know in that fight, it's going to be one-on-one. I'm going to be fighting them, learning. They're going to have cool moves and I'm going to have to, like you said, try to style on them. Like it'd be fun, but I really don't look forward to the fights where it's like five enemies and like of different types and then whenever you add a long distance type enemy into mm-hmm. a fight i hate it i will go out of my way to find you first and murder you i will <laughs> absolutely 100 yeah. percent. and i don't know that's not extremely fun to me so anyway like one of my favorite things about the mechanics of fighting was anytime i fought a stronger enemy one-on-one those were those were my favorite experiences I actually feel like somewhere in between was good for me because like fighting the big guys with the like giant logs, they were kind of like ogres, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the the trolls. The I trolls. Think. I didn't. I didn't particularly like those fights. I mean, I liked the being able to throw my axe at their head, like you were saying, and just think, and then they get staggered. That was always a, a fun like sight gag. But then <laughs> the rest of my hits never really felt, Meaningful. I guess, crunchy enough. Meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, so it's like I was just chipping away at something that wasn't responding to me very often, and so that didn't feel good. And one note about the Valkyries: so I did like most, if not most, of the side quests during my playthrough. And so one thing that I was getting to was going to the Valkyries, and I did three of them. And hopefully, this isn't a spoiler, but to your point about fighting Valkyries one on one, that changes. And yeah, one of them has friends. Yeah, and so that's the reason why I stopped mm. pursuing the Valkyries is because one that I was fighting, first off, it was the strongest one so far, and it would constantly, constantly spawn mm. enemies. No, oh, no. And it was it was completely it, it just wasn't fun. And I got to the point oh. to where I got her down to like a sixteenth of HP. She'd spawn more dudes, and then they'd kill me. And I was like, Nah, I guess yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's when you get Atreus to shoot her with the arrows, man. I don't think Atreus well, can f- fight with you in those fights. He does, but she doesn't. She doesn't have. I don't think it was ability or something. But for some reason, his arrows were like less effective. I don't remember why. I feel like the first. I definitely. I feel like the first Valkyrie you can fight with them, or maybe I'm just wrong. I'm trying to remember because I remember you, you went. I'm right. pretty sure. You went into I the mean, chamber, and I thought you just went by yourself, and he told. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I haven't played it in a while, so. I mean, I only went into two chambers. And I didn't. I didn't kill either of them. But I think that he was there both times. Yeah, maybe so. I'll say this: if it was as simple as getting Atreus to just take off the last sliver of health, I would have totally done that because I did do that in a lot of. The yeah, fights. I was. I'm not saying <laughs> spam so. that boy. Spam that boy. Oh yeah. I uh, who were who were your least favorite enemies to fight? 
Uh, I think I think Kyle touched on the big dudes. They weren't my least favorite, but I agree with you in the sense that they were like the least fun to me. They were just like big and like just avoid getting hit and just hit their legs. And they didn't feel crunchy, like you said, or impactful. I think the other one, the ones that really annoyed me the most were the the, fly, the dark elves who could blind yeah. you. And yes. uh, then like you're blinded and then you could get chained into blindness. <laughs> Over and over, and you'd be stuck in that gray state. Man, I think that to me, yeah. And they spammed those red attacks. They had red lunging attacks Mm -hmm. that they would come through the blindness with. So you had to just keep moving, keep moving. I don't know where they're coming from. Just keep moving, just keep moving. And they spammed, they spammed that darkness attack too. That first boss, or the boss, you know, whatever the general elf, the elf general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He he would just do it like over and over, and I'd be like, I'm stuck here for like three minutes in darkness. Yes. This isn't fun. And the problem, right. the problem is, it was almost like a trap. So it's not that they hit yeah. you directly; it was that you ran into it while you were moving. So you could, I like right. would get out of the darkness and then immediately move into a new patch, and then be right back. <laughs> it was yeah, I was in, or like I would be hitting them. I'd be like comboing them, and they're like getting hit and like backing away. And then they drop three bombs, and I just happen to run into it because I'm yeah. approaching, moving, you know? Yeah. yeah, I'm already on your face. So, yeah, that, that irritated me. My other least favorite would be the Revenants, for sure. Which ones are the Revenants? They're those witches who oh, cackle yeah, and yeah, throw yeah. Those poison and stuff. Do, those, and you uh, just can't hit them half the time? You have to, like, get a trace to shoot, shoot them, them first, and then yeah. hit them, and then they'll go into the state where you can't mess with them. And then, like, yeah, they're just annoying i i feel like they wouldn't have been as bad if the registration of hits was consistent mm-hmm. because atreus would just like his arrows would just fly through them sometimes because i was standing too close and so they were in that state to where they didn't want to get hit by me and so it wouldn't register whenever an arrow hit them and so then they'd hit me or something stupid and it, and yeah it's, the fights usually just felt broken yeah, more than anything. Yeah, to me. and they had like a seeking ground attack that was really slow, mm-hmm. so you had to like wait for it to get to you before you dodged it or mm-hmm. shielded. So yeah, they were annoying. so. So what were your favorite enemies to fight? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a favorite. I think I so. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, this is kind of contradictory, but <laughs> my my favorite boss, at least was uh in the realm of the dead the the guy who was guarding the the bridge uh, the, the bridge the, troll or whatever was it the bridge troll yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to give him the boy's soul yeah just because his was probably the most diverse fight that i remember because he would he would teleport sometimes and you had to dot you had to dodge his shock waves and then you could also he had send the slow back. yeah and to me that was just really fun yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good fight. I enjoyed it. Uh, there was a point where he got into this state where I couldn't hit him, where he kept teleporting in this weird pattern, where anytime like, I tried to approach him, he'd just keep teleporting. And I was like, what's going on? Like, it was like a weird uh, like AI state, but eventually he broke out of it. But uh, it, it wasn't bad. It was just weird. Um, oh, you know who looked fun to fight that I didn't really finish? Or... Hmm. Oh, I know why I'm confused. So there's a dragon, one or two dragons I met that I wanted to free. Mm. And I didn't get a chance to, but I'm like, that would have been cool. The dragon you fight in the story. That was epic. was a lot of that fun. Was was oh, yeah, that's a good fight. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, I, like, to me, that goes down to how well they, like, 
uh, what do you call it? In- integrated like the cinematic moments and the gameplay uh-huh. like it felt so like the the elevator and all the stuff it was just crazy and how it was moving across it was just super cool like they did such a cool job with good. that um oh actually you just from balder balder's fights were really balder's good. was crazy those fights were ridiculous like the whole so- game <laughs> anytime you had a boss fight it was so crazy cinematic it was like what in the world i was gonna say this there is an enemy type that i did dislike as well it was the dudes uh the ice dudes that you had to fight with your hands before you oh. got the uh chains of yeah, yeah. Sucked. yeah it was just like annoying because it just felt like it slowed the gameplay down because i was like uh mm-hmm. i gotta put my thing away and punch you in the face and then slam your head into the ground um, so I didn't like the <laughs> I was already I was already fighting barehanded a lot at that point, so I didn't really care that much. Oh. Um, but I what I didn't like was that if you had your axe for some reason and you swung, it would like bounce Deflect, yeah. and yeah. like stagger you a little bit. And I'm like, could you just not do damage? Like I get it. It's supposed to be they really wanted you to use your hands. Yeah, that's hundred percent what it accomplished. That was when I started using my bare hands. <laughs> like, I don't want to so do you that. You weren't using your hands up to that point. Well, I, I never. Oh. Well, I was like, why would I use my hands? <laughs> like these enemies are gonna murder me for stun, and I can't block. Th- well, I can block them, but like, yeah, like to me, stun was just happened. <laughs> like it wasn't like something <laughs> I was trying to do. It's just yeah. Hey, cool. Oh, I was. I I guess that's another another. I did a lot of. I relied a lot on stun because with stun you could. You could just instant KO a lot of enemies. I, I will say this. After those dudes showed up, there was an enemy who I really annoyed me. And I would barehand them to stun them and kill them. But that was like just a particular. I can't remember what enemy it was. But yeah. So I have a least. I have another least. I have a least favorite mob, I guess. And that, that would be the, the werewolves. Oh, them dudes oh, were yeah. terrible. Oh, my. Their movement and how hard they hit. And yeah, then, oh, everything about them was just dude, broken. I forgot about them dudes. Yo, those and, dudes and the distance of their attacks didn't make any sense. Yeah, they were crazy. I forgot about them dudes. And there was all there would always be two of them. Yeah, and I would I would just turn the other direction because they were all they were usually in places I didn't need to go. So when they were in places <laughs> of importance, I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> not today. <laughs> like legitimately, you know, it's funny. So I've been playing Witcher 3 and there's werewolves in it. And I've been trying to figure out why I'm always a little bit like, oh, werewolves, like hesitant. But they're not, they're they're like, you got to fight them and they're like difficult. But I think it's because of God of War. Like, they're <laughs> not too different in the sense of like what they kind of look like. And I just, rem- I just remember the first time I ran into them, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be horrible. And I think it came from God of War. I forgot about the werewolves. I'm happy there wasn't many of them. That's... Yeah, they were a a rare treat. <laughs> a treat. Yeah, I think my favorite enemy was any enemy that had nothing special. <laughs> it was just a normal dude <laughs> who I was fighting. Because I felt like those were the dudes I could style on, have fun with, like try mm-hmm. new things. Um, anybody who didn't have no weird elemental or distance attack, I enjoyed those those enemies. Like humans. So the, the travelers were good. Oh, the good travelers were cool, but they were the travelers were cool. They were their armor up. was really annoying. Yeah, yeah. At first. Well, it, yeah, I'll say this. It was annoying, but once I learned how to deal with the armor, it wasn't that bad. This is a different way to play. Yeah, I, only, I never since I never did many of the side quests, I only encountered, I think, two of them. Maybe three. Two oh. Of them, two oh. Or three. 
Yeah, I've, I met at least six or seven travelers. Yeah, they were all over the place. Yeah, so, because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really, once again, I didn't enjoy the gameplay. So, to me, I wasn't trying to go out of my way to fight anybody. Um, so, okay, <laughs> so we talk a lot about the gameplay, but we got to talk about the story. We got yeah, yeah, yeah. to talk Do about we gotta, the story. We got to, we got to. So, okay, um, I, I would love to hear you guys feel about the story in general. I'm going to give my, my, my take straight out the gate. I honestly think that this is one of my favorite stories in a video game, I don't know, in the last decade or more. Like, I think, mm. like, for me, Halo was always one of those games that stood out to me. I enjoyed the, the narrative. Um, Mass Effect, I really enjoyed the narrative. I mean, it was clear that that's what they was going for. And then God of War, I just think the way that they told the story, the 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 progression of all the different characters throughout the game yeah particularly you know kratos and um of course atreus who you find out later loki you know um and then even and then even like <laughs> like little minor characters like um brock and sindri their characters and like just all these yeah. these little like and the thing is what i really enjoyed is that they were like we're gonna keep our cast pretty small but they're gonna be a strong cast, of meaningful, really well fleshed, very out. well fleshed out, very even Balder, even Balder felt. I like Balder's uh, kind of his accent in his tonality. Like there's something about <laughs> how he spoke that I really liked. Um, but yeah, I, I think to me what stood out was the characters and their progression throughout the game, and feeling like the characters were deeper than yeah. just their quote unquote bio, right? Like for sure. Like, even H, we'll talk about Atreus, but, like, just his arc through the game. Like, when he, when you finally reveal that he's a god and how he acts when, about that is just... <laughs> he flies off the handle. You know, to me, it was just super cool. So, what do you guys think about the story uh, overall? So, yeah, I was deeply invested. So you can go ahead if you want. Elaborate. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was deeply invested. I... Oh, I mean, man. Uh, yeah, I love the characters. None of the twists really surprised me that much, mm. but the way that things played out was always so dramatic and mm-hmm. epic. I was like, I don't care that I didn't, that I, you know, wasn't like taken aback by this. The, the, of course, the drama with Atreus learning he's a god and kind of going nuts. <laughs> um, I loved the relationship between him and his dad mm-hmm. you know there were points of the story where i wanted to like stop and talk to him like you can talk to brock and Sindri sometimes but you can't you can't do anything to further the relationship except play the game yeah um you know there was a moment where kratos goes into the light of alfheim and he has like a vision it takes a few minutes but when he comes out you learn that He's been gone for like, what was it, hours or days or something? Like, it was a long time. Yeah, they extent. don't say directly. Yeah, some extent. And Atreus is furious with him for leaving him for that long. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be like, I was mad because I'm like, dude, why can't I tell him this, uh, this, like, this one fact that would make it okay, which is <laughs> I didn't know it was that long. It wasn't my fault. Didn't mean to leave you here, son. And then a few rooms later, after they've, they have some, some other interaction, I think. Kratos is like, I just want you to know that this was, you know, this is what happened. And, and he was like, okay, that makes you feel better. And I'm like, yes, that was satisfying. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Uh, the, the the conversations with Balder and Freya, 
Mm-hmm. Even how Freya reacts to like you know you killing Balder at the end oh, man. It was like she just go. Everything was just pitch perfect. I was just astounded the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the, the story was it was super strong, but more so the delivery. Mm. Like a lot of times when you're playing a game with a deep story, they try not to. The ones that do try not to make the most of the story beats happen in cutscenes. And like in between the fights and stuff, you'll mm-hmm. watch the story play out. But to me, it I never felt like what I was doing was disconnected from the overarching story. Like yeah. even down to making the hub world, you know, and using, which I thought was brilliant, having the water level change to reveal new places to go and how they were just inter interweaving Every piece of things. If a character was revealed, it was because they weren't going to be used as a plot device necessarily, but because they were important to the final goal. And it was just like everybody felt like they they were intended to be part of the story. And like you guys were saying, you felt invested when you found out more about these characters. And it's like you weren't necessarily you were like it was it was a tug of war. Like you were itching to find out more about these characters, and then the game. Or the story would just deliver and it would give you more and they would grow, but it'd be dispersed to where, you know, it was like, it was a meal. Like this, this game mm-hmm. was a meal, man. Yeah. And so, you know, there'd be bits of dialogue while you're rowing in the, in the boat, like we were saying that would sometimes get cut off, but other times you'd have to go really far. So they'd plan for that and you'd get this big chunk of not exposition, but Kratos and Atreus and Mimir. Lore. Yeah. yeah they'd have a full fledged conversation. And you'd feel like, oh, they're learning this at the same time I am versus, oh, remember that time when and like they're retelling something that everybody knows except the player and you feel disconnected. Yeah, I think. And so, yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, so I felt really grounded in the world, which made me care about the story they were telling. Yeah, I think one of the things that really stood out to me. And I don't know how many movies or TV shows or anything can pull this off strongly. I feel like Avatar did it well with uh, Toph, bringing in a new character later, but making them feel like they were with you the whole time. Like, is Mimir, when he joins, like, he's just this talking head of knowledge. That's literally what he is. Like, he is the, like, god of knowledge or something like that. And... When he joins the story, just how he fills the gaps in of, like, the things that you need to know, but also pushes the story along with that Mm -hmm. father-son dynamic. And his kind of, like, sympathetic, like, hey, man, Kratos, you need to talk to your son, dude. Like, you know, like, like him kind of having these, like, sidebars and him kind of being this, I I would say, voice of reason in certain moments, but also being, like, you know, his own little goofy self saying stupid things, but like also being this like lore, lore genius, like him telling these stories of like who the giants were and who this character was. But like you said, it happened in a really cool and immersive way as you're going through this river and seeing the scenery change and entering a new place. And I mean, and then the way that they, the dialogue was delivered, like you said, was so powerful. Like, like I honestly felt like Atreus was a little, like a kid, who was tr- discovering the world and was trying to yeah. understand. He's a little abrasive and like would ask these questions that are kind of inappropriate, you know, at times, you know, but, it, <laughs> but it really yeah. felt like 
a trace is just that kind of guy like he's just like hey why are you doing that what's going on and his little quips throughout the fights and in between rooms and like they just did such a great job of making you feel like the whole experience was the story not just like you said the story beats fight a battle fight a battle story fight a battle fight a battle story it felt like they would comment Mm -hmm. about what just happened you know but it would kind of still build the story in the relationships you know it was so good it was so good yeah i i mean atreus was so likable and then he becomes so unlikable. <laughs> like, I feel, I felt, I felt invested in that change. And I was even talking to Keisha. You know, I'm like, this kid's a little turd. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out here talking trash to people and right. getting into fights. And I'm like, you know, I got to spank exactly. this kid. <laughs> and then he, you know, the repentance at the end. Uh, Mamir was charming. Even Kratos. So Kratos is like on the surface a very unlikable person, but you could feel from his tone and from his you know the the facial expressions he made and uh when even even when he chose not to say anything that like he's gruff and he's stern and he's very careful mm-hmm. but or you know, there's more to it i guess he's also lacks trust in people and so on and so forth but it's because of all the pain that he's hiding mm-hmm. it's because of all the things that he's seen and experienced um it's because he knows about the world that can be dangerous like it's very sympathetic you know mm-hmm. and i didn't know much about his past because i haven't played the other games but i'm like i know he killed a lot of people a lot of gods and got into lots of fights i'm like okay it makes sense to me that he knows or that he's nervous around other gods and that he uh has uh, a past that he's trying to hide and so even though I'm rooting for him to like be open and do the right thing and act this way and act that way, like I totally get it. I totally understand like how and why he acts the way he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's trying to control himself, you know, keep it all bottled in because also, you know, his his motive was to hide who he really was from Atreus this whole time. And if he's all all always around, you can't let it slip even once, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's And I was going to say, I think it's interesting that, like, his character and how, like, one of the moments that moved me the most was early in the game when Atreus, you know, hunts that that, uh, deer or whatever. The The boar? No, the deer. Uh, The first, the very first, like, narrative beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And first of all, that deer was gangster looking. And, um, like, he (laughs) hits the target and they're going for the, you know, hey, you need to kill the deer. And then Kratos, like, to me, I was, like, you, you know Kratos is gruff. You know he's like wants to raise his son to be prepared for a harsh world. But you can Mm -hmm. also see the love he has for him, but he's Mm -hmm. kind of actively holding back. And so, you know, for me in the moment when Atreus was afraid to kill the deer, my thought was, okay, Kratos is annoyed with this little kid. He's just gonna take the sword and kill it himself, right? No, he puts his hand with Atreus and they do it together, right? Mm -hmm. And then he like says something, and then Atreus is kind of in that moment feeling that death and they they do such a beautiful shot of like kratos standing sitting behind him and you see him wanting to put his hand on the back oh, of his yeah. head right right and then he he like hesitates but he pulls and back. then he grabs the knife and then later like hours later in the game you keep having these moments happen and then they're standing like on a mountain somewhere looking over they've accomplished something 
and Kratos is standing in that almost that same exact position and you see him lift his hand again and I was like oh is he gonna do it this time and he does it and he puts his hand on his head and I honestly I felt it I was like bro like Kratos is growing (laughs) like he's right he's he's these experiences bonding with his son he sees he needs to be a better father he doesn't know how to be and he's just and it, it to me it was just like this really beautiful tale of you know son and of course that was the narrative oh, but man. they did such a great job with that for me for me for well you know what i also say this is kind of refreshing i don't know i feel like i don't i don't usually see stories just about like fatherhood mm-hmm. and you know the father-son relationship so that's nice uh for me i saw the hand that was cool but what really got to me was the transition from calling him boy to Atreus. And then, like, I think it was right at the end of the game. Like, when they get to Jotunheim, he calls him son. son. Yeah, that was the first time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh! <laughs> the payoff. <laughs> weeping. That payoff. Yeah, it was such a good payoff. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 visual element, you know, which is tough in a game where you can control the camera. Like, even, even when somebody's talking to you, you can walk around and stuff. But the the details they decided to put in that you would see rather than he like they not, people wouldn't say things like going back to Atreus just being a kid. I I remember when I first got to I don't it was it was in um, Midgar where the giant had fallen so the the cold area. You go there and Atreus starts ice skating. Oh and, yeah, like, he's sliding over around, the ice. goofing around. Yeah, yeah. and I'm oh, like, I don't remember that. And like they they mocapped this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they wanted him to seem like a kid, and he's like, we, you know, woo. and it, it's nothing, and it's not like I'm gonna go be a kid now, and like no, it's just he he just goes and does something, yes, and it's just like that that is a a moment that I could have missed, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just happening, I and there was a chest nearby, and there was other puzzles and stuff I can mess with, and like this wasn't part of a cutscene where it's like the camera's panning and watching Atreus do this. It's like no, Atreus is with me on this journey. But he's his own person mm-hmm. doing what he wants to do. Yeah. And then yeah. another sight gag that was really funny to me was with the dwarves. You know, how they would continuously talk things up and make these big to-dos. But then everything came down to dwarven magic being how they were accomplishing things. And then whenever yeah. you would upgrade the, Levian- Le- the Leviathan Axe, you would hand him to him. And he'd be like, oh, man, this thing is in terrible shape. I need to fix it. And he hit it once with his hammer and then hand it back to you and be like, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm like, man. I remember, I remember he'd like take it. He's like, yeah, yeah, this thing is terrible. Yeah. You just yeah. clink. Right. <laughs> and he'd be like, it's better now. Yeah. I couldn't decide whether that was a, you know, something they had to do for the sake of gameplay. Like, we can't show him actually smithing this axe. Or if it was supposed to be taken like this, this is the real world you know <laughs> reality he literally just hit it one time like yeah. I, I didn't the, know there I, was, I, I, I try not to think there was a moment <laughs> you know at the end when Sindri and uh, Brock come together and they're doing the last things um, uh-huh. where they kind of show them yeah. do a little bit more so I, I do yeah. feel like they that's like honestly how they do it like they just go and they click it a little bit and then he hits it and then he looks at it and they you know like it's it's very you know at least with when it's magical, you know. Um, yeah. And and I and I definitely feel that like something they did really well was like 
Atreus, just even how he moved around the world. Yes, I specifically remember him sliding across the ice and thinking like, yo, if I was a kid, I would do the same thing. Because cause it's like, this is so cool. Like, I'm traveling the world and I'm doing stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, Atreus is capable, right? Like, he can fight. I mean, that moment you were talking about, Steve, where, you know, Kratos goes into the light, the the light of Nilfheim or whatever it was called. Uh, Alfheim. And he's trapped in there, and he doesn't really know how much time passed. He comes back, and Atreus is by himself, and there's bodies everywhere. Bodies. And you're like, yo. You, Gangster. You, at that point, he, he was a man. <laughs> he's Legitimately. Like, and he's like, where were you? I, where <laughs> you? You didn't come back. And then, like, because Kratos in that moment tries to say, I don't know what was happening. Only a little bit of time. He's like, mm-hmm. you do this all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not a kid who's... He just, he's, he's an emotional and he's like, like he sees his dad as like this person who's withholding things from him and not being, you know, he sees it and he senses it. So he like, you get this, like a lot of emotional outbursts, but at the same time, he's this goofy little kid asking little questions and just saying things he shouldn't say. Like it's, they just did such a good job with him from a, from a writing and even just point to point. Um, I'm kind of nervous about how he's going to turn out in Ragnarok, or yeah, in Ragnarok, because he's a teenager now. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of interesting because you know going back to him finding out like this whole narrative of Kratos not wanting to reveal that he's a god, uh, also having this mistrust of gods and not trying to explain to Atreus because he doesn't think Atreus is old enough can understand it and doesn't want him to have that burden, and then like mm-hmm. when he tells Atreus and Atreus becomes this like. He's like, why are you guys always complaining about these stupid things? We're gods. Right. We don't have time for this trivial stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then him even, like, when he kills, um, uh, what's his name, Modi or whatever? Or the other yeah. brother? Yeah, the other the other. Like, brother. I feel like we just saw a glimpse into who he's going to become. Like, that's the part of That's not. the part of him that, like, he... That's the Kratos in him. Exactly. And I feel like that's the part that... You know, his mom, I guess Faye or whatever, she kind of put that, like, gentle, loving kind of side into him. But that Mm -hmm. anger, emotional, prideful side is Kratos. And he's spending a lot of time with his dad. (laughs) And (laughs) and as people say, you become, your kids become, like, the worst of you. Like, they they really show the worst of you sometimes. Like, what kind of Mm -hmm. your character. And I really feel like that's going to show in the next game, you know. That kind of part of him, and him. Yeah, it seemed like he off. battled through a lot of it. it seemed like he battled mm-hmm. through a lot of it in this game, and it, and Kratos. It seemed like he was being intentional about trying to steer Atreus from that path, even before Atreus knew. And it's just like control, like controlling yourself and being better right. and stuff yeah. was always the mantra. But it used to be about controlling his fear, I think, and his uncertainty. Yeah. But then suddenly it was like, actually, you need to learn to control your anger. Your rage. Yeah. But I feel like deep down, Kratos always knew it was an anger thing. Like he knew that his son was going to be like him. So he was trying his best to keep him away. Actually, you're right. I think he specifically said anger mm-hmm. near the beginning of the game. You're right. And then when. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because when, when the troll attacks and steals mm-hmm. the deer and they fight him and then they kill him and then the trace jumps on his face. Yo, blah, blah, that and it's slashing him, slashing him, slashing him. Yeah. You know. I remember, you know, that. like, you know, like Kratos is like, "Hey, bro, you're not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you gotta. You're chill not out. ready. Just the way he said it, you know, like, done. And then, 
Atreus is like, wait, no, I am. He's like, you know, and they did a great job of writing where they didn't like, I'm very sick and I have some weird sickness. And he just kind of was like, it hasn't happened in a long time. And you're like, what is he right. talking about? And later it comes to fruition what he's talking about. So it's like, I don't know. Kratos just was really afraid that he's gonna, his son is going to be him. And he knows that he's at least a demigod. Um, but he's half mm-hmm. giant, half god, which is maybe even more problematic. So like quart, quarter giant, half god, and quarter mortal. I guess. Yeah, because Kratos is a demigod. Well, I think Kratos became a full god. Uh, in, in oh okay sure but by blood he's a demigod I yeah. guess but the giants are mortal they're not gods they're just giants so right. he's he's just he got some who knows was anyone else really disappointed when he got to Jotunheim and it was empty I thought there'd be like an epic ending you like meet people I didn't think he'd be fighting but I thought there'd be like you know a community there that you have to help or that maybe they they don't, they don't want you around or something. You have to talk to them, but there was just nobody. I had a for me. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'd say I kind of did, but I was it was I was kind of conflicted because up to that point, you know, like the game, the end, the end game to me is really dense. I thought there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and so I was conflicted because I was like, okay, I'm going up all these steps. This is the place I've been trying to get to for the last 35 hours. I kind of don't want anybody to be up there that I have to fight, but I would understand that there was like a big bad, you know, like game trope. And so I was relieved, sort of, that there wasn't. But then at the same time, to make it to the edge of the mountain, you know, you walk outside and you see that everyone's just deceased, all the giants are dead, kind of filled that gap for me. It's like, I'm not wondering where they are, but I also didn't interact with them directly. So I'm good with this. Yeah, I had a feeling early in the game uh, right around when when they meet the serpent, the world serpent, who's a giant, and they're talking about all these other giants and how they were killed by like Thor and this thing and that thing. That mm-hmm. the giant and the fact that the giant realm was like sealed off, that something really bad had happened. Like I was mm-hmm. like, there's a good chance that like I first I didn't think we were gonna go to Jotunheim, but as the game progressed, I was like, oh. They're going to go to Jotunheim and realize, like, everything is bad. Like, there's no safe place. That's kind of what I was, like, because they kept on, like, yeah, the tallest mountain in Jotunheim, and that's where, you know, mom's from, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, there's something, like, waiting for them that they're not going to like. That's kind of what I felt. And I felt that it was going to be kind of like a Samus when she goes to, like, in, um, what's called, uh, the one with the dark and light world, like, where it's just... Uh, echoes echoes where it's like metroid, metroid prime 2 echoes. yeah i had a feeling that there might be like one giant left outside of the serpent beast but like that mm-hmm. because the fact that they hadn't heard about the giants that the giants used to like traverse in the world and it's been hundreds of years or x, x amount of years i was like something is up and odin is like who knows what odin is up to you know what i'm saying right yeah so then the fact that they had sealed, like, I just felt like there was some really bad thing that had happened and they were going to walk into it. I figured that, like, they probably wouldn't interact with any giants in this story, at least. Excuse me. In any, like, meaningful way. So it was, I wasn't surprised, you know. I felt there was going to be some kind of cliffhanger, like, especially since Yotanheim was at the end of the journey. I was like, oh, like, we're going to 
learn something that'll tell us in the next game. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I wasn't aware there was a second game, I figured there was something more, you know, or something. And they kind of did allude to that with the murals. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's actually, I I meant to mention that earlier. I really loved looking at the murals because you... At the end of the game or... Throughout the game game. that Atreus had to translate and, like, tell you what was happening. And then I'd go into the menu and read what it said. But it kind of still left things a little bit like, what's mm-hmm. what's going on? Like, why are the people used to like worship the giants and now they're all gone? You know what I'm saying? And they all yeah, and they all died, killed. Yeah. yeah. So it told me that the giants yeah, I, were probably in bad shape. I just thought it was tragic. It was. Um, you know, speaking of the world building, I remember being super confused for the first like couple hours because they were talking about the Aesir and the Vanir mm-hmm. and all these different realms but then by the end of it I had a handle on all the names and all the realms and I was like this is great like I learned a lot about <laughs> Norse mythology <laughs> yeah. just from playing this game Legitimately. and it, it it was a really great onboarder like I uh you know I knew I knew the vague relationships I didn't I had never heard of uh modi and magni before but like i'd heard the name balder i know thor mm-hmm. i mean i guess at the very least we know enough from like marvel yeah to know who like freya is um but yeah i was like i learned a lot you know i know all these different uh i don't i don't know what the like conceptual differences between the vanir and the aesir but i just know they're different classes of gods basically or different families perhaps mm. yeah i still don't i still don't get that i think i agree with you i'll I would say that maybe I'm still not as clear as you are at the end. I just, it felt like the Vanir were just like gods who use nature power. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like gods who use magic. Basically. Yeah, and then versus like Odin and them who kind of just use, I don't know, universe Tools. juice. They don't use yeah, magic. Yeah, they're like more of a, yeah, like, I don't know, modern gods, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, and hmm. yeah, to me, it's still a little confusing to me because like the Bifrost, I know it's like how you travel between worlds and I'm like, so these worlds are on top of each other, but they're not. And like, how do they intersect? But how do they know about each other? Who made the Bifrost? I was, I'm still very confused by it. But to me, that was interesting. I like anything where it's like, what is going on? Like, there's a lot going on here. Like, how do these worlds, like, I still don't understand how they really intersect you know or do they're just it's a multiverse man it's a multiverse that's the you you know what i'm confused by (laughs) how does how does midgard and the rest of the realms intersect with sparta and greece so that's the oh for yeah how did he get there that's all how did he get there and like are they why you know if if are the are the nine realms do they not include Greece, like, is there is there a Grecian version version of <laughs> Nilfheim or Helheim or anything? Like, why do Hades and Helheim not intersect or interact? Like, what is mm-hmm. the deal? They do kind of gloss over that. Um, there's definitely a note that Odin is aware of who Kratos is, kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. and so yeah. there, the mirror was aware. So of there, there, there's to me, there's a likelihood that Midgard is essentially just earth the realm that is earth and like kratos just lived in a different part of midgar right like f- somewhere else 
I should clarify, it is Midgard with a D at the end. It's not Midgar, like from Final Fantasy. Yeah, so like Midgar, you know, like overall, <laughs> he just lives somewhere else on Earth, right? Like Sparta is somewhere else. And like this particular area seems to be like just the connection point between the multiverses versus it being a different realm, you know, like. And then gods kind well, of exist in their particular areas, you know? I don't know. It's it's hard to know. I guess it Well, because oh there's a it just book. it just feels like the, it feels like the world I mean, it's kind of the problem that that comic books have now when they're trying to introduce all these different pantheons, and the question would be how do they interact? Uh, and the and the answer is usually they don't often. They kind of have their own rules, but I guess I, yeah, I guess it's the exact same problem and the exact same solution, which is we just don't talk about how they interact. But there was that. Yeah, there's a book that precedes the game, and it, it pretty much just says that Kratos just like travels to different places. Yeah, he just left. He he sailed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But since they don't explicitly say how he gets there, I kind of felt like uh-huh. maybe. Also, the moment when he's going back home to get the blades, I didn't understand what was happening. I thought he intended to go all the way back to Greece to get something. And I was like, uh. oh, snap. <laughs> Are we going to see like what he did in Greece? But then he just goes to the house. I'm like, oh, okay. That's still pretty epic. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that? Please. That whole set piece where he's going, he's sailing back home. Wait, wait. Yeah. Before, before we and talk about that, I just want to just... One more thing about the whole where does uh, how did uh, he get there? I think one thing that did tear in his little chamber, he had stuff from all over the world, and yeah, he had Egyptian and all different stuff. stuff. And then there's that moment where Kratos goes, "Oh, this is like," or Mimir says, "Oh, this is this from your homeland or something like that." I can't remember. One of them said it. Oh, the wine. The wine. So to me, that made it clear that they were in the same world. It's just that. Tyr was a traveler, and he would go places and do things within Midgard, you know, and that just happened to be one of the areas, so I was just going to say that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, back to what you're saying, Steve. Yes, so that was just so epic, because you know that your kid is sick, you know you gotta hurry, and there's, but you also know that, like, you are uncovering a deep, deep hurt in, like, not just hurt, but like shame that Kratos has Mm -hmm. and the music. And like, I think the camera kind of came in and yeah. And the lighting changed. Um, and just all of it was so epic and I've never played the games. Right. Again, like I know about the blades just from like having seen some pictures and some video, but when he dug into his house at that little basement area and he pulled out those blades and he slowly uncovered them. And I was like, I was like swearing. I was like, this is so cool. This is so epic. I have no involvement with this story, but the presentation is so good that I'm like fully committed to how epic this is. And then when you first equip them and you start using them, I was like squealing. (laughs) And I'm like, there's no reason for, like, I'm not nostalgic. There's no reason for me to feel like this is so epic. But it was just so cool. So that was really well done. I was super into it. And I think. The fact that the way that they built it up was, you know, they you find out that he's sick because of what, you know, you as Kratos has been doing this whole time. And like you were saying, yeah. that the opportunity to revel. Like I think a lot of medias, even movies, would have kind of skipped over it because that segment was so long. 
that boat ride is so slow and like you really feel the weight each moment you know like they didn't show it in a cut scene like you're actually like driving the boat for minutes just thinking about what if i don't make it back in time and your son dies you know he's sick because of you all these different really deep emotional thoughts and then you have the hallucination with was it athena yeah and it was just and it's like when i was going through it i was like man this is a really long segment but then when you go through the whole thing and everything takes place it's like oh that was super intentional and well thought out like they wanted you to feel the weight of that moment that and i'm glad they left it in like they did this that series of moments to me made me think to myself that truly the future of storytelling cinematography and all this stuff really could be within immersive interactive mediums aka video games Mm -hmm. because there's no way you could convey that feeling in a movie theater or in a book or in a comic book i feel like you had to play it to really feel like and go through that long like it's like you said in a movie like they would have cut that whole scene they would have just cut to him being at the <laughs> the cabin like getting the thing and then playing the music and then cut yeah. back yeah, looking sad cut that's like seven minutes of your 140 minutes, <laughs> exactly <you know? laughs> but but they built it so much and you and you the weather is like changing and the almost the lighting is changing it's, progressively as he's walking toward like you said his shame his like bury and i thought it was so interesting that they put he where he buried it is the same place that he told uh atreus to hide hide. when balder came like he's like hey this is a safe place like this is where things that you know don't need to be found are right and he Mm -hmm. goes back into that hole he looks at it and just man that that deep coral whatever they do that kind of like oh whatever that was yeah dude i feel it every time and they kick like and they don't overuse it throughout the game they only use it at those really pivotal moments where it's like oh it's the kratos it's it's kratos the kratos we knew (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that anger is coming back that viciousness that he tried to leave man i it's like you said uh steve I didn't really play the games, but I felt like I had played the games and I knew like this was like that moment of like, oh, Master Chief putting the helmet on. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, the moment it reminds me of the moment from John Wick when he's like digging up the cement, the, the guns and stuff in his basement and the and the gold coins. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he's he's returning was, back to his old life. He's returning to his old self. It's, it's like the analogous moment, you know, but this was just so much better. Like it was leagues better. There's no comparison. Yeah. You couldn't do it in a movie. You you need what five or six movies to build that much. Like, because it's also like you said, Kratos knowing that he is the direct result of his son's sickness and him hiding the truth. But knowing that re- unleashing the truth, he may never be able to go back. You know, like he tried to get away yeah. from it and he and, and there's that fear that like I could be my old self. And Athena being in ghost form is like a callback to the old games because I, you know, looked up some of the narrative and the story. And like Athena mm-hmm. would travel along with him in after he killed her, um, kind of on accident. And it's kind of one of his 
shames. So like it all comes together, right? Mm, you know, that makes like sense. it's like Athena comes like that mental illness, that thing that he hid is like now all the demons are coming out, you know. He was on medication and now it's he has to put throw it away, you know? Like and he's dealing with it. Um it's crazy. It's really crazy. Um so good. So oh, I wanna ask a few things, you know, I, I know we're kinda uh, toward the end here i want to ask you guys did y'all see that giant demon bird in uh wherever in helheim that was just on the other side of the bridge yep i was yep. like like in the, the, I, what i love about it is that they didn't even like say anything about it it was just like right it just yeah. said don't go over there don't go over there <laughs> and you just i just i trust them <laughs> like like you right i think you show up again when you're escaping mm-hmm. helheim with a ship but, but like, yeah but you I was so busy, I couldn't really take a look at that it. That ship sequence was crazy. crazy. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, yeah that, that was, was pretty wild. wild. I, and I just thought, like, in any game, if you have such a cool, crazy, menacing creature like that, you'd bring them into the game. But they're just like, nope, this is something that, like, you don't even want to. Like, it's you know, like, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's so cool to me that they have some really cool element that they're like, no, nah, like, this isn't a part of the narrative. And I know you're interested in what that is. And I know you want to see more about that, but we're not going to do that because, you know, like, I don't know. I really thought that was cool. Oh, personally. speaking of doing things you're not supposed to do. So when you first Uh-oh. get the travel, not travel stone and Brock says, whatever you do, don't go off the path. Mm-hmm. Did you go off? Did you did you jump off the road in the realm between realms? I did not. Uh, I did not. I think i tried did it stop me i don't remember no i don't think i did did you i did I, immediately yes and uh so <laughs> it's very anticlimactic because you you know later in the game you're supposed to jump off and it mm-hmm. brings you to but if you do it beforehand so you're looking over the edge and kratos is like we're gonna jump and atreus is like i don't think that's a really good idea and he's like, boy. And so then the trans jumps <laughs> on his back and they just jump off and they're both just yelling for their lives and they dissolve into nothing and you get a game over. Well, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. I, that's that's about what I expected. I love that they did that. For some reason, I just assumed that they were just going to uh, invisible wall you. So I didn't even, I feel like, I feel like I walked over to the edge or something and I was like, oh, I guess I can't do this and kept moving. You know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I was glad. <laughs> I wish they had made you fall for like five minutes or something and then dissolved you. You do fall for a, a couple of seconds. Like you get to see the error of your ways. You never want to do it again. Mm. So so one thing that I that we didn't talk about was just I think the world serpent was so cool to me. Just the design, his guttural like just yeah, his voice his talking him being this menacing creature but kind of being like this nice guy <laughs> like like what yeah. do you he just happened to be big he just happened to be a big big friendly fellow but i just love how when he first gets revealed and just being like them being like bro that thing is so big <laughs> like you know like <laughs> like just he just felt like a giant you know and i don't know something about this game they did a really good job of scale like feeling like yes. some things were really big, some things were small, things were you know, like it it I really loved how they approached it. Um so so okay. Is it possible for the for 
the snake, the world serpent, to get to Jotunheim? Isn't he? I feel like it would be too big. I don't. I don't know. Was he hiding from Odin or something? No, he was just chilling. He was asleep underwater. underwater. Yeah, you know. And now he's awake and just chilling. He's like as big as mountains, just doodly doodly do, just chilling over there now. Like, like. I mean, Balder, Balder busted him up a little bit, but I don't think he actually has anything to worry about from because if he can fight Thor and, and, and not be yeah, even, not die, he's probably he's okay. probably pretty strong because Thor was yeah, clearly yeah. a menace in this universe. Like, he yeah. was truly just killing everybody, like everybody like no impunity um so so speaking of thor i missed this i didn't because today as i was just doing like getting ready for this because i was like man i didn't play the game let me just do a quick story synopsis so i looked at the story synopsis from the first three games and then i watched the story synopsis of this game and pretty much i remember Mm -hmm. most things but i didn't realize i missed the after post credit scene in the game did you guys Plays a post credit scene? Uh, yeah, I did. I think so. Where they where they go to sleep? I mean, it was really kind of, short. Yeah. Where they go they wake up in a thunderstorm? Yeah. So I didn't play it. So just kind of the layout what happened is essentially like they get back to the house, right? And mm-hmm. you know, Kratos is like, All right, boy, you know what, son, we need to go to Time s- to rest. Time to rest. Yeah. You know, first of all, he, I don't know when he took Mimir off his back. <laughs> he didn't. So I was like, Mimir just smashed under Kratos. Um, and then it says like a few years later or something like that, which, uh-huh. which was confusing to me. Um, and then it shows like them sleeping and then like thunderstorm happening, them waking up, Kratos grabbing the axe, Leviathan axe. Um, and first of all, um, Atreus looks exactly the same. So that was confusing. They walk outside and there's a hooded figure standing in their yard. Like just a big hooded figure standing there and you can't see their face. You can't see anything. And then I think Kratos goes, who are you? Or something like that. Or no, no, he's. Yeah. yeah. And then he and then he says, um, uh, are you a nice, gentle guy or something like that? Oh, you seem like a reasonable yeah, he's guy like, or something. Yeah, like, are you a reasonable person or something like that? And then it shows him reveal Thor's hammer. Yeah, the camera. And you hands see, behind him. You know. Um, and then you see, Are you sure? I thought this was part of the trailer for the new game. I've seen that yeah, clip. It was, yeah, it's it, at the end of the game. It's also in the trailer for the new game as well. So I think they assumed oh. some people might have missed it or something. <laughs> um, and then... It cut like it does a weird cut, like it seems like they did this in the last days of the development because of nothing. It felt very different from how they do everything else. It just kind of cut, and it says back to today or something or something mm-hmm. in present time, and then like they're standing there or something, and then Atreus goes, "Man, I had a weird dream," or, or something like that, and then yeah, he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like. Oh, you know, it felt really real. Like there's a guy outside our door or something, and then like Kratos was like, "Don't worry about it, boy. It's, it's, we have other things to worry about now." You know, right? And then <laughs> back to the game. And then it's back to the he game. said to his son, who apparently has visions of the, of the future. future. <laughs> exactly. So it was weird for them to say few years later, and then back to today, and then making it seem like it was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. It was actually a. It, it was kind of a weird. It was a vision. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of weird. It could have just. 
not set a few years in the future. They could have just made it a dream sequence, seemingly. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm hype about the new game, honestly. I think real talk, this might be one of the few games that I might buy early on in its release cycle. Are you gonna pre-order? pre-order? Absolutely not. Pre-order? But <laughs> I will digital pre-order? I'll probably buy a physical copy at full price when it drops. So that's how interested I am in the story. Like, I, to be honest, I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to the hard fights again, but I'm really interested in the story and where they go. And I rewatched the trailer today and I was like, I'm still hype about this. Let's go. <laughs> how- this is one of those games that could move to the top of the I got to play list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how it feels to me. Like, I think whatever I'm playing at the time will probably take a backseat. You know, yeah. What about you, Steve? You feel like you're hype about this next one, or? So, I I look forward to it. I'm not hyped, but now that I think of it, I don't have a reason. Not, I don't really have a reason not to be hyped. I mean, you're right. It's probably going to be excellent. I just want to see how it look, how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think maybe my lack of hype comes from just a general wariness of overburdening myself with. <laughs> with games you know with a uh, big big expensive deep games and they set the bar but, uh, yeah this might this might it, i think it's also because i haven't been a long time fan of the game i only recently played it and so like you know if it was if it was something like half-life 3 i'd be really hyped <laughs> but you know well, that's releasing right or, after or Met- yeah. Metroid Prime. Like, DLC. I was super hyped for Metroid Dread, and that's, like, going to be half the game this is. <laughs> it's going to so, be half the mm, game. Uh, you're just half the game. That you <laughs> You'll be game. lucky if you're half the man I am. <laughs> yeah, I think I think going back and watching the trailer after, uh, after playing the game, because I never, I don't, I saw, I think I saw the trailer maybe before I finished the game. I did. So yeah. I didn't, it didn't really resonate to me, but I watched it again today. And like all the characters knowing what was going on and like seeing because I was so confused who everybody was and then realizing the big giant guy was Tyr. And I was like, oh, that's Tyr, you know, like it it hit so much harder now, like seeing it again. I am a little bummed because that would have been a much bigger reveal if I had played the game. But as it was, I had no idea who it was. And then when they mentioned Tyr. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to think he's dead, but we definitely saw him in the trailer. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, luckily for me, I did not even connect that. So, <laughs> you know, throughout the game. Um, and, and then I was confused about people saying Thor was fat. And then I realized when you watch the trailer again, if you pause it, you see Thor's fingers. And them boys is... Oh, yeah, he does have boys. chubby fingers. He's in the cloak. He's wide in that cloak. Mm-hmm. So they're just making assumptions, too. Yeah, I just thought he was swole. But them fingers is thick. Go, <laughs> if you ever see But they them. did reveal his character model, too. Oh, they did? Oh, I haven't seen mm-hmm. that. Interesting. I feel like Thor is going to be a, a, a real problem. problem. Oh. He's going to be, like, he's going to be a... Uh, I think you're going to be dealing with Freya. We didn't talk much oh, about yeah, Freya, yeah. but she definitely wants to kill you oh, now. Yeah, she's yeah. Um, so she's going to be after you. But I think Freya, I think Thor is going to be much smarter than Balder and his two sons. Mm-hmm. And and where has Thor been during this whole experience of what you're doing? You know, because yeah, he, he's clearly somewhere else. Like, who, where's Odin? His sons nowhere. Mm, 
Well, they because Modi went to him right after you killed his brother, and and Thor supposedly beat, beat him, him up. up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he's yeah, around. Well, it's, it's, there's this weird thing where I'm like, what is this realm that they exist in? Do they exist in another realm? Because they're not in Midgar. They exist. At, they're they're in um, Valheim. I think. Oh, okay. That was the that was the realm that is closed off. I thought it was really funny. They were basically like when you're on the table and you're looking at the different realms, it's like, oh, this you, there's no travel tower. Oh, you don't have the runes. And this one just says, Odin has locked this realm. <laughs> there's no way for you to get yeah. there. Asgard was like that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not part of this game. Yeah, they're like, no, DLC. But I guess they can travel freely because they have the ability or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, except for they can't go to Jotunheim. So, I, yeah, I think it's, I'm very, I'm interested to see Thor's interaction. I mean, the fact that you probably interact with Thor early in the game, right? Probably, and then yeah. Thor does something and then says, peace. And then you're like, yo, we need to go get, uh, what's his name? Uh, tier tier tells me that like to me the fact that they have shown all these characters tells me that the story is going to be wild because because mm-hmm. it's, be it's like you're showing me the heavy hitters early like and then i'm like okay you have something you're hiding <laughs> something to this story is going to be different like they didn't show odin you know no. so i wonder if you will see odin yeah. i mean the side content in this game was crazy like you had the the sunken captains that you had to go find stuff for, mm. all these hidden caves that you had to get keys for. Like, there was just so much stuff in the world. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just packed this game too. The absolute brim. Oh, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fire. So, ah, there's so much more to say, but <laughs> it's definitely time for us to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I feel that. I have, I do have a closing remark though. I want to make one of my gripes about the game. Um, it, if you must, it has to do with Freya, and so to me, the you know the way you end the game, or I guess beat the final boss, one of the final bosses, is because of what Freya does early in the game, which felt random to me. Which is whenever you go to her little house and the the turtle, which I really love that whole area. She gives Atreus mistletoe. No, 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 no. no, no. no. You, she takes the mistletoe. But the, so the thing I'm saying is, <laughs> him getting the mistletoe arrows was random to me. He got them from mm-hmm. what's his name? C- Caesar. Sindri. He got, he got from them from Sindri. Sindri. Yeah, him getting those arrows. Did I miss something? So, so actually, I'm a hundred percent with you, and thank you for saying that because I never understood it either. Like it seems completely random that he gave him mistletoe. To, uh, arrows and then like she was just all of a sudden like you need to get these out of here you know what i'm saying like yeah it just seemed very random which is fair because we didn't know but what it was was that when uh atreus's strap got broken by uh his arrow strap or something Uh uh-huh like his quiver strap yeah Yeah. kratos fixed it with some mistletoe right from from the arrow right yeah so when balder punched Atreus in the right. I think I think we chest, all understand. Right? He gets stabbed and he loses his power. But the fact that like like it's interesting to me because that tells me that Freya like and this is something I was going to note about Freya. I think Freya is actually like a lot more evil than she seems like on like a base level. Like she's I think absolutely insane. It's just that we most of the game we only experienced the the non-crazy side 
But like the fact that she didn't hid that from you, that she did that to her son, that she goes crazy at you on the end, like everything tells me that Freya's like actually more evil than she's letting on. Really? Yeah, I mean she's unhinged. I mean she was with I don't... she was married to Odin. He did a, a bunch of terrible stuff to her. So, and she doesn't. I don't and think that she seems to feel bad about what her son's going through. Yeah, but I, I think she was just. I think she was just obsessed with keeping him safe, mm-hmm. even to his own detriment. I don't think that makes her insane or evil. That seems like a normal, not normal, but like an easily explainable state of mind well well i think i think if you think about the context of the gods and how they deal with each other like they are always doing the most unnecessary thing you know which right and that's why like patricide or whatever you want to call it like that's normal and i feel like as much like oh oh she's broken and she's hurt and she's doing these things i truly believe that like a part of who she is is just this kind of like a little bit chaotic like person yeah, okay and then sure. and then she's kind of like oh like all my people they don't want to talk to me because i married odin and i'm like i kind of get that but there's i feel like she's hiding something like mm-hmm. fundamentally and and i think that kratos recognized it early but like he kind of like he's like she's only beneficial to us because she's like we're on her side right now you know what i'm saying like i think right. i think she's more bad than we notice and i think it's going to come out in the next game um, i don't think so i think that it's going to come i think that her her quest for vengeance for the death of her son is going to be the main motivator i don't think she's like in uh innately evil or insane or anything she's just hyper focused on keeping her son safe and then hyper focused i assume on revenge for you killing her son i mean she was willing to die Right there, just to keep him safe. Right. Like I, I don't. I mean, not that, not that that makes her. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that's like makes her good. I'm just saying that it, it indicates to me that that's really her main, and driving motivation. Because um, if she was completely crazy, then she probably would have chose herself over him in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like her motivation, it's kind of like her motivation may not be like fundamentally bad but i think that she is a person a relative like whatever her motivation is is going to be at the detriment of everybody else other than her than what she wants you know what i'm saying oh you think she's gonna like maybe try to bring him back from the dead but it's gonna end the world or something and she's gonna do it yeah like she's gonna do whatever she has to do now to get vengeance you know she did whatever she had to do to protect her son even though it fundamentally made him who he was to a horrible person so i think like she is not a good person she's just a person who's like highly fixated on whatever is important to her and will do it whatever it takes at any cost to make that happen okay that seems to be that seems to be the running theme of like the sensibility of of the gods like when atreus realized he was a god that's what his whole demeanor shifted to as well was that whatever i want to do is what's highest priority now because i'm a god who's going to tell me otherwise mm-hmm. so i guess whatever is intrinsically motivated by that is might be different but pretty much all of them share the sentiment that they they're gonna they're gonna do what they want to do because they're gods exactly and i think kratos recognized that he's like all gods are just terrible people they're just you don't know what their terrible is until they exert it on you you know <laughs> um, 
because like even Athena, the reason he was caught up is Athena said that she would free him, but she basically kept him in bondage for like 20 years or something like, yeah. and he kept having to do horrible things for her, you know, uh, for her benefit. So no, but that's a good, good point. Any, any last remarks, uh, Steve, before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think so. I just, you know, I really enjoyed my time with the game. I'm looking forward to continuing at my own pace. Um, yeah, it's good. It was good cool. stuff. Thanks yeah, for talking. Yeah. I think my last remark is simply that I'm really interested to learn more about Faye. I hope they do more background on who she was in this game. Yeah, me too. Because it's still a complete mystery other than that she was a giant. But like, what does that even mean? Like, what was her role? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah. I feel like there's something more behind that. And I think we're going to learn more about Atreus and who he's going to become because of all that. And I have a feeling, I just have this weird feeling that Faye and uh, Freya, like, have a history that we're unaware of. Mm, and it's going to mm-hmm. get revealed in some way throughout this game. But anyway, that would be cool. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. As you can see, we have a lot to say about this uh, God of War game. Definitely, to me, I think it's, it's still game of the year. <laughs> like, it's still, it's still, to me, it's... Game of this year. Next year. year. Next year. <laughs> yeah, until, until Ragnarok comes Until Ragnarok out. comes out, you know. Um, it's definitely still, definitely my favorite game of the year. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you haven't played it, please play it. We talked about it, but there's so many things we didn't touch. So many characters, yes. so many set pieces, so much. There's so much in this game. Uh, it's definitely worth a play. And uh, so anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Of course, as always, we are thankful for you. Thank you, Kyle, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to getting that Kratos skin in Fortnite. Oh, it's coming. It's already on the way. And, of course, thank you to my boy Steve. Thank you for joining us today on this. You're welcome. It was a good time. (laughs) Okay. On this extended edition, (laughs) that extended breath. Thank you. And, of course, thank you to all our fans. And, as always, know that you can. Thank you, Brad. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere. YouTube. Don't forget that. Uh, So In your backyard. In your backyard and everywhere else. So, please check us out. Thank you. And until next time, y'all have a blessed week, blessed year. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Thank you, Braxton. Boy. Get the shovel, boy. <laughs>